Hey guys, welcome back to Fly Cool Shit. Happy Saturday. We actually recorded on a Saturday. Today is the 21st. Uh, Petra and I were joined by uh, Maciej Rajaninski. Uh, finally got him on the podcast to talk about uh, his midwing and a bunch of random stuff. Uh, so that was cool. So we we shot the shit for like almost three hours today. So it's a bit of a long one. Uh, so I'm not going to uh, bore you guys with too much of an intro. Um, one thing I will say is <laughs> I... Uh, I actually signed up on Fiverr for an intro to the podcast, and I'm going to play the intro. We're going to go a different route, but uh, the intro, and I got an outro too, but um, you guys will hear that. It's pretty funny. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoy uh, episode 10. Welcome to Fly Cool Shit. Fly Cool Shit. A podcast about flying cool shit. Join us weekly where we talk about aerobatics, warbirds, tailwheel flying, unique aircraft, and much, much more. Let's start the show. You're cleared into the box. Smoke on. Hey guys, welcome back to Fly Cool Shit, episode 10. We're double digits now, baby. What's up, Petro? Yo, my man. What's going down? Not much. I am so excited right now. We have a, Me too. We have a guest. We've been trying to get this fellow on for at least six months. I don't know, uh, maybe more. We ended up having the... Is Carbone closed today? Is that why? No, we actually called Carbone. I don't know if you remember this. About two weeks ago, we called them and asked them to shut down so that he would come on our podcast because otherwise he'd have nowhere else to go. And, That's right. Um, That's yeah. right. I actually have a gift certificate in front of me for a hundred dollars to get him. That's how I got him out here. <laughs> so uh, uh, it hasn't been he, six he, months. Yeah. Okay, he speaks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there he is. I wonder if people will know just by the sound of his voice. No, I don't think anyone actually knows my voice. I try to mm. lay low. Too bad we don't have like a video show. Well, maybe one day a video show, but if we just posted a couple of his memes, or maybe with that hint, I think everybody <laughs> would know. <laughs> yeah. Gen Pro's favorite person. Spokesperson for Gen Pro, ambassador <laughs> to MX. <laughs> it's a very astute position. <laughs> oh my God, too funny. But yeah, with us right now, Macha Rogozutsky. I can't even. I've known oh, okay. him for so like Mark, three you, years, you, you, Mark, and I Mark can't even pronounce had, no, his name. It's been five years. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Mark. How do you pronounce his name? Yeah, how do you pronounce the name? So I thought you said it was massage, which I can totally get. <laughs> I, see it. Well, I, I guess massage works too. No, it's Mache. It's a pretty sweet name. I was doing matcha. Yeah, I always thought it was matcha. I've heard. I've heard. You are so full of shit. (laughs) I always thought. (laughs) Mark's really political. He's he would be a great politician. Yeah, that was so diplomatic. You know, why aren't you on the board for IAC? Yeah, that's a great question, Mark. Why aren't you? I mean, you have (sighs) you have a lot of free time considering the pandemic (laughs) and everything, and it's it's an excellent use of your time. That's true. You know, um, I, you know, or are you spending all of your time want, polishing your helmets? <laughs> well, there's that. There's that too. You do have a I have three of them. Mind. Two of them I wear on my head. <laughs> Bazinga. <laughs> um, you know, hearing all the bullshit polit- uh, politics in the IAC, not to get too serious because I know that was uh, a joke, but like, I don't know that there's any part of me that would ever want to be on an official capacity of the IAC, if that makes any sense. 
Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. It's a lot of different personalities, and you know, let's face it, in aerobatics, there's aerobatics. There's a lot of Type A personalities, and usually that's not a good mix. Yeah. You know. Uh, no. And then you get the agendas, you know, like everybody has their own agenda or their own motive for what, why they're there. I mean, it's, it's politics and it's every alphabet group, you know, uh, the IC is not, not unique to those issues, but, uh, I, uh, I don't know. I, I think of it, just the thought of it makes my skin crawl, to be honest with you. Like even being a local chapter president, I'm like, fuck that. I, I don't know. I just have no desire. I really have no desire. I think it's because like what we would want to do or what you would want to do would never be allowed. That's probably what it is. And you know that, you know, subconsciously or whatever. Totally. That's why this podcast was made. This podcast was made out of, out of a spawn for not being able to do what you would want to do in an organization like that. So not mean, meaning like not, you know, just being able to start a podcast or like say the F word or something like that, but just like a little more free flowing and, and less stuffy, you know? And I don't know. I I don't see that out of the IAC at all. I don't see, uh, I don't know. So you want something more or- organic and unfiltered? Yeah, or just real. Like I, maybe that's what it is. Like you know, you you guys all know this. Like it's not that it's hard to find competitors in the IAC that are real, but it definitely there are. Everybody's on a different page, and everybody puts on their best behavior or uh, mutes themselves in a way that. I don't know. I so we're kind of like the voice I see a lot of, of two faced people. It is right. <laughs> we're the voice. We're your. I would. Yeah, it's I fun. agree with that. Yeah, I don't mind doing it, even if they agree with it or not. No, we speak what people think. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now I will say there are more and more people coming up in the IAC that, like, uh, you know, I think are more closely aligned with the way that we think uh, in terms of that. But you know, still, you get these. I don't know. I don't, it's so funny you say I'd make a good politician because I can't stand politics. Like I, I can't stand the politics of any, any given organization or thing. I I don't play the politics. I I've never have. I hated it. Hated it in the military. I hated that like kiss ass bullshit. Uh, I I don't like, uh, grease and wheels to get what I want. I, I can't stand that stuff. Like either do what I'm asking or don't Yeah. or like me or don't, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm not going to hide who I am or be a different person. And I don't know. I feel like, I feel like, you know, the higher ranking, uh, as you, as you get into any kind of official, official positions in the IAC, I feel like you can't really do that. I don't feel like it would be, I feel like you just get pushed out. Yeah. And everything's, you know, that's the hardest thing too, is everything's been a certain way for a very long period of time. So when that occurs, it's, it's usually kind of hard, but any, enough of this crap, we got Machin and we're talking about politics. This is bullshit. Yeah. Man. Let's get back on track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to take my Adderall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, let's go. <laughs> well, this is, you know, this podcast is riddled with ADHD and, I, and I'm okay with it. I'm fine. So anyway, back to politics. Could you? No. <laughs> 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 but, um, but yeah, so, uh, so how are we going to start this off? What, what do you think? I wonder what the people want to like, where their voice, like, where's, what do they want to hear first? Well, from matcha? I mean, they've seen them online. I'll tell you what. They've seen what he can do. Yeah. He basically. Yeah. He's a meme master. He's a meme <laughs> master. I mean, master memer. I mean, if you had to guess, I'll let you go first, Mark. If you had to guess out of everybody on Aerobatic Pilots Group, who yeah. would, who wants, who has a hit out on Masha right now? Who would that be? Adrian. Adrian. 
Yeah, I would say Adrian. Too. You don't even have to finish the sentence. Yeah, Adrian. I yeah. Yeah. I think that. But it makes you wonder: Is he going to listen to this podcast and hear hear his name be uh, I don't referenced? Know. You're just going to. It's day. like Beetlejuice. If you say it three times, then he's going to pop up. Not <laughs> <laughs> just going to disappear. Yeah. It's going to be human trafficked over to wherever Adrian. Is. <laughs> Whatever happened to that Polish guy? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You'll see him like there'll be like a Gen Pro picture, and then if you look close, Andre will be tied up in the back corner somewhere. <laughs> Once dead or alive, <laughs> you'll see him because of all the neon that he's wearing. <laughs> it's like a beacon. Uh, That's why Mancha wears neon, neon green compression socks. He's going to be kidnapped. Yeah, exactly. It's e- easy to spot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Oh man, I almost feel bad sometimes yeah. when I see those memes come out on Gen Pro. <laughs> no, you don't. Do you though? I don't. Do you though? I, I laugh. I laugh, but it is—it's so funny. It's so funny. I can't. No, but, but the thing it is, really is all in good fun. But yeah, come on, man! Like you can't make a joke at somebody and then like get butt hurt no. because then it's gonna go full full tilt. Yeah. The gloves come off. It's full tilt at that point. Yeah, but the thing is, so like pr- principally speaking, like if you think about the concept of Gen Pro, like it's great. You know, you, you want to have more competition. You want to have, you know, yet another incoming aircraft that's going to challenge the incumbents. You know, it's going to make people want to develop the, you know, platform more. And, you know, it, it's it's yeah. another way of kind of growing the, the field. But the thing is, you, you know, and you, you right. see this on all of these other industries, but, you know, let the actual performance do the talking. If you have all of this hyperbolic, um, you know, marketing and that's a big word, (laughs) you know, (laughs) no, but you know, if if you have all of this marketing and you, you know, you're you're claiming to be the best, you know, unlimited level uh, plane that's being manufactured right now, you know, how is that possible? You know, how, how are you, how is that going to be vindicated when it hasn't actually competed outside of, I think what was it, intermediate? Yeah, I think it was intermediate. I you think know, it might've done advanced, but okay. Yeah. yeah but even nonetheless, you know, let the plane do the talking and every other manufacturer has that down pack. You know, they understand that it's the performance of the plane. That's really going to speak volumes about, you know, what it's actually capable of and whether or not it's a platform that's going to, you know, survive. Has anybody ever done like a review on it? Like a pilot report? Not, not official. That's not affiliated with the company, obviously. No, not officially. See, that would be huge. Like, no, you know, like they already did it with the NG. Um, I don't know. I'm sure they did something with the game bird and MX has been around for a while. They got a lot of aircraft. So, you know, you can, I mean, a lot of people are flying the game bird, you know, and the NG as well. Like just getting, there's so much to be said just to put, somebody who's semi well-known in the seat and just let them go fly it. Like, well, not, not only that, but, that what's, just... but what's, what's the minimum threshold for calling yourself a manufacturer? Like how, how much, how many aircraft do you have to vol? How many aircraft do you actually have to manufacture? Like what volume until you're actually called a manufacturer? Like there are two of them in 10 years. Yeah. You know, so that's a good question. Yeah. That is- I mean, MX is, is not far off. That's a, that's a, you know, um, I'm I'm not making the comparison in any way to those companies other than the fact that like, you know, they're how boutique do you get before you are? Yeah. You're not a manufacturer. It's a, you know, it's a, I don't even know. I mean, you're, you're a built to order boutique company. Yeah. That'd be a great you're not question. A, an aircraft manufacturer. That's a great question to uh, when we have somebody on from <clears throat> MX is can you, cause I know with the SCs, you can pretty much hop in and out of any SC that's, that doesn't have any like special type of rigging. Most of them are, pretty stock and you can pick it up pretty quick and i wonder if that's yeah. the case with mx's i wonder how close they are from you know each 
each uh, you know MXS that's out there. If there's five MXSs, do they all fly the same? And um, from what I've heard, they are manufactured way different. Yeah, see, that's it's almost I'm like but not only that, the, but they, they the, also have you know yeah. d- different types of not modifications, but like configurations with like the weight in the elevator, right. and you know you have that ability to you know tailor it to your specific flying style, which is great. Yeah. but but not for consistency if you want to fly you know other yeah. people's planes. I mean, for <clears throat> for somebody like Ron, well, here it's a phenomenal plane because he's you know he's an amazing pilot. He's going to bring his plane to worlds. There's no doubt because he's you know. Yeah. one of the best pilots he has to he has a great chance at winning and that is what it is but for somebody that you know wants to keep pete on the world stage who you know has got maybe five ten years ahead of him before he can be competitive you know in the top 10 whatever um it's and that isn't financially as strong as some somebody else you know being able to rent or share a plane overseas is is really clutch to getting the experience and getting better and not that I'm an extra fanboy. I mean, there's no, I, I love, extras, I am, but it, it is yeah, what it too. is. I mean, <laughs> it is what it is. I, I don't, I'm not trying to be a dick, but that's why the SC is so, so popular. Cause I mean, that's one of the, that was one of the main driving reasons why I bought mine is cause I know I can use them in Europe. Well, here's the interesting thing too, is, you know, on, uh, at face value, the SC is experimental. The MXS is experimental, but the, the SC is not experimental in the, the way they're manufactured and the and the thought process into it being experimental doesn't change from, you know, it, it may be serial specific in some ways. I mean, especially early on in extra, uh, you know, like the midwings, uh, that manual is riddled with serial specific changes. Um, but the SC doesn't really go from serial to serial, just like you were saying, with with variances. It's it's only experimental because there's no reason to certify it. It's built, uh, they are built very similarly, whereas MX, you know, can can just do whatever they want, yeah. whenever they want. Um, and I also don't think, um, I'm not, this might come out as a knock, and I really don't mean it to be, um, but there might be manufacturing uh, processes that allow for a larger variation of, um, how do I want to say this, uh, you know, not not tolerances, but so much just you know design and manufacturing. There could be uh, room for uniqueness to be built into each airplane, and I'm not even talking about just weights of elevators or counterbalance and um, size and shape. It's just there. It's not as a specific manufacturing process as an air uh, you know an aircraft manufacturer. That that is a really you know this. I've never really thought of that topic of what is an aircraft manufacturer. You bring up a great point. Because extra is an aircraft manufacturer, so they they have to conform to standards that are you know whether the aircraft's experimental or not, they are conforming to a standard. Whereas, you know, um, the MX is essentially a kit plane built by people, and that that there is a difference there. I mean, it re- there really is. Yeah. I mean, yes, you can yeah. build it as a kit, but those those airplanes are built at you know it's a factory built kit plane essentially yeah, it's whereas the, the the 330 is is not you know i really don't i don't put them in the same camp yeah but i will say that the mx after you know watching it fly arresty you know live in person it really presents nice i think it actually presents a little better than the sc to be honest just because of the way the wing is on it um that's what that's what rob says you know i always thought it was him that said that it wasn't as good of an arresty airplane as it was a freestyle airplane no, he, it, it he really swiftly well. corrected me on it no it, it presents beautifully um and um yeah, it's it's a it's really nice to watch it fly, especially when it's being flown well. But 
um you know it is what it is i mean but i don't know i would say with an airplane manufacturer you got to produce I, I don't think it's so much how many you produce. I think it's a yearly standard. Does that make sense, Mosh? Yeah, no, it, it does. But the thing is, like, if you really think about it, an extra, they are a true manufacturer. They have a manufacturing facility. They have consistency. They have the manuals. You know, they have a level of standardization and consistency across the entire, you know, range of models that they have. So, you know, you have a brand that, you know, has been consistent from, what was it, the mid 80s when it started? I think, I don't know, 85, 86, give or yeah, take. Like yeah. Maybe <clears throat> you know, but there's a steady evolution that's actually transpired the entire time in that duration of, you know, 30 whatever years. You know, if you look at, yeah. you know, our mid wings compared to a 330LX, you know, or up until even just the NG, you see exactly how everything evolved and, you know, where it's derived from and, you know, the evolution of every single aspect of it. And when they found, you know, inefficiencies or, you know, opportunities to make it a better platform, they absolutely did. Whereas I would consider MX or Gen Pro more boutique manufacturers more than anything where you yeah. know they're customizing yeah. everything specifically unique to the person and they have the ability to be very nimble in the manufacturing process where if they identify and that's a positive yeah it absolutely is and in reality the memes are just or it can be yeah no it, it absolutely can be and i think it absolutely it most certainly is depending on what it is that you aspire to do or you know what you want in terms yeah. of extra you know you have an airframe where you can start off as you know I wouldn't necessarily say a beginner, you know, more like intermediate, but, you know, a more advanced pilot and you can go to an unlimited level plane without much of a jump from airframe to airframe, you know, whereas if you hop into yeah. an MX, if you hop into, and mind you, I, I don't know, we've, none of us have flown a Gen Pro, obviously, but I'm sure it's a plane that, you know, is very easy to get used to, but it takes a while to adapt and everything. But either way, I mean, it's cool because you have this level of sophistication that spans across the entire hobby of different types of planes. And we see it in the biplanes with the pits. And then, you know, you have the wolf pits, which is more of a boutique type of, you know, plane where it's been customized. It's been evolved. It's been made so much better. Yeah, it's not even a pits anymore. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. But it's, it's cool because, you know, we have that opportunity available to us to have all of these different planes. And it's as much as we, you know, have the opportunity to create memes on Gen Pro or Gamebird or MX or Extra or, you know, anyone for that matter, it's it's just all fun and games. In reality, the more competition, the more planes that there exist, the better it is for all of us because we have that opportunity to evolve because aviation historically isn't at the forefront of the cutting edge. You know, that's we, why I'm excited about Gamebird. Yeah, it's, absolutely. And it's it, they're yeah. awesome planes. And, you know, they have their own personalities. They have their own, you know, attributes that make them better or worse than the other, but it's better to have options. And that's what it really comes down to. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm excited. Uh, yeah. That's, that that's the best way to spark fun. innovation. I mean, yeah, it absolutely is. And I mean, just because I'm cheap, you know, it, it all, <laughs> it also <laughs> inspires competition and it makes things, you know, more affordable as time progresses. The more planes there are, the more people buying them, you know, the better that the actual, you know, used market is. And, you know, it gives an opportunity for people who are less fortunate or struggling or, you know, just trying to do anything they can to be in aerobatics, you know, it gives them the opportunity to have a platform that, you know, they can be competitive in. Yeah. Yeah, you know it's funny mentioning Gamebird. Like uh, the the as days go on, I'm getting closer and closer to. Uh, well, I was really excited. Like when Philip 
you know, um, debuted at Oshkosh uh, the same year as the NG. I was really excited for the airplane. Still am, um, but I'm getting more excited. Yeah. And that's has nothing to do with their marketing, but I'm really, I, I do think uh, they're really onto something. Obviously, it's a certified two-place airplane, and that space in and of itself is, um, man, that space is kind of boutique. I mean, really what do you have in the unlimited two-place certain... Yeah, I think yes, 20, uh, there was one or 26 of them. Yeah, are there any in California? Though? Yeah, I think. Yeah, there are. Yeah, there's one in Palm Springs. Um, is Pat, that? is it Pat Hernandez? His yep. has, he, he has that red one in SoCal. You should go, um, go try to fly one. You should. You I'd love this, to. I really would love to. Time off. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> I know. I should, I should start working for a living. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm excited <laughs> to see that airplane. I'm excited to see it you know, get into the hands of, I mean, I think we all are, and we all want to see these airplanes get in the hands of really capable people, the NG too. Um, yeah, but yeah. I, I like, I really like the game bird. I think the game bird, you know, no, none of these airplanes are perfect. Right. But, um, well, mine's perfect. it's good. It's <laughs> the SC is pretty much perfect. I mean, the SC is pretty much perfect. You know, one thing I was going to mention about, um, uh, massage, you were mentioning about, <laughs> <laughs> you were mentioning about you know unlimited capable airplanes and and you know how you know planes like the MX are you know it's kind of a they're, they're a, not a quantum leap it may be the wrong way to say it but you know they're these airplanes are you know you start getting into like neutral and divergent stability characteristics where you know they're not they depart the, your normal thought processes of of what a, a normal airplane would fly like and I, I wonder how that's going to play out as more MXs enter the civilian market, you know, cause as of now, what's going on we're with only MX? seeing them in the hands of really capable and, and what's that? What's going on with MX? Cause I remember they had, a they're not delivering airplanes. I don't know. Yeah. But it's been like, uh, gosh, it, over a year and a half. It's gotta be two years, right? No, it, it, Oshkosh, it, it was, they sold that kit at Oshkosh the same year that the NG and the game bird were debuted. I'm pretty sure. Right. Okay. So like was a year that and a half. 2019? or 2018 yeah but they also well they delivered robs which robs was in what was it a september or october oh, yeah, of yeah. last year yeah that's the only one that's been delivered but i, I believe you know, on the internet <laughs> on the web um there's a couple people that got them and that was announced like a while ago yeah a bunch yeah. of people have bought, yeah but if you think about it i mean and i've had the same issues in in terms of motorsports and stuff you know the pandemic has really hit in terms of being right. able to deliver, you know, the necessary like resins and you know components right. for composite manufacturing. But then also you have the very heavy lockdowns in Australia and all over the world that have really hindered any kind of right. progress. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. And if you have, I agree, it, but, well, but I'm just Jim's airplane has been on order for like three years. No, no, it hasn't been three years. Really? You know, I think it's been a year. It's, been, it's been two. It has no, it? it's been long. Uh, it's been a it, well, I could be wrong. No, I, I think it's it, been he, a year and a half because I helped disassemble his SC when it was going to Worlds with um, with Warren. And I think at that point, the news was relatively fresh. It was like four, maybe four four months max. So I, I would say a year and a half. But if you think, listen, I mean, it goes back to the same conversation that we were just having. You know, what's, what's really a manufacturer? You have MX, which is, you know, now transferred hands in terms of ownership. Yeah, uh, it's been based in Australia yeah. now for what the past two years or so. I, I would say they probably have yeah. what maybe eight, ten people 
that are working for the company, you know, so for the amount of orders that they have to fulfill for kits or actual completed planes, it's, it's a daunting task. And, you know, having the pandemic kind totally. of hit, it, it really makes it much more difficult. So as much as I'd love to ridicule and, you know, have fun and a solid meme opportunity, you know, <laughs> uh, it's, 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 it's something that's also plagued me. So I, I definitely understand, but it'll be cool to see all of them roll out, you know? Yeah, we're really excited about well, and, and to, um, to clarify, you know, we talk about MX deliveries, um, that we were talking about post post, uh, company, um, reemergence, I guess I should say, um, cause there were a bunch of MX twos and, you know, other iterations delivered prior to the company changing hands and restructuring. But since they've restructured, it's been what? Rob's. Yeah, I guess. Uh, when did he go to Worlds? That was 2019. Yeah, that was 2019. Early so, 2019. Yeah. Well, no. So, well, the plane was delivered in September, I think. September, October. And, right on the airplane. To yep. Worlds. And Jim had bought that. He he had bought um, the MX2. Yep. And they were training in that for, I mean, months and months before that, right? Mm-hmm. And I thought Jim had bought, he had ordered an MXS and bought that he actually bought that airplane after he ordered his mxs yep. i think yeah he did right okay i guess gave it back we might be approaching two years uh i, I think it's a well yeah okay let, let's say it no no it's about a year year and a half but even let's say it is two years i mean you're standing up a net new operation basically on a completely different continent and having to stand okay. everything up yeah you're, that's fair all right i i, I backed down i i I'm maybe I'm being a little harsh, so I'll I'll back I'll back off a little oh, bit. How, but how the tables the are fact turned, well, I'm not the asshole right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were like we were just we were just baiting matcha right there, and he didn't take it. <laughs> right? See, right? I, I'm not as uh, harsh of a person as people think. Jeez, <laughs> oh, maybe somebody does have a hit on him. <laughs> He's like, there's a laser maybe, pointed at my head. He got a phone call from somebody and was like, "If you well, and that's the thing. People there. take this shit <laughs> so seriously. You know, like." why take this shit so too seriously it's too you're too you're too serious yeah people i agree you know lay let let it go a little bit chill out like this is all in you know we're all having fun yeah but Um, so i mean listen in reality the people who take it seriously let's say there's a small subset that have a vested interest so you know for example and i mean we've named him but like adrian you know as as much as he's trying to approach it from this you know altruistic perspective of you know well you know this is these memes are harming the entire hobby and everything in reality he's one of their main distributors for the actual plane so uh, that, that really harms your credibility in terms of you know your position like i understand okay cool but at that point you can't say that you're doing it for you know the aviation or for you know the aerobatics world trying to pick on me and say you know these are unfair memes like you're doing it because you're actually in the business of trying to sell these and you happen to be the owner of all of the actual ones that exist at the very moment. And so I understand why you're going to be pissed off that we make the memes. Yeah. Yeah. But like Walter extra is not pissed off that we're making memes. You know, Philip's not like messaging us like, Hey man, you know, uh, the you know the gb1 is you know the best airplane ever and you guys just don't know like you know you're full of shit you suck 
you know, like stuff like that. Like, I don't, I don't understand that side of it because. Yeah. So, but hold, hold on. That, there's, there's an, okay. in, there's an incongruency in what you're saying. So, okay. Yeah. 100%. Walker okay. doesn't really give a shit. He's literally one of the most successful. Well, he doesn't have to. Well, yeah. He's one of the most successful manufacturers there is. Philip, once again, a successful manufacturer, you know, has the history with the SBOC, has the history with the Extreme Air, now with the Gamebird. So you have three evolutions of the airframe that he's developed. Okay, great. And the SBOC is flowing right. out in worlds. Yeah, exactly. Right. You know, so, yeah. but there, yeah. there's, there's one thing that you're missing. Adrian's just a salesperson. So, of course, right. he's going to take offense because he's the main person who's trying to profit from it. He's not the developer. He doesn't have the, you know, um, history of actually flying a proven airplane, you know, as you know, that's that's where it really hits him. You know, for him, he's just trying wouldn't to you, he's invested in the company. But wouldn't that be all the more reason to have like if if we can look at so taking all these are these manufacturers and the and the maybe ones that don't qualify we should we should dive into this manufacturing versus non-manufacturing um it might be similar to cars i mean there might be some legal delineation on what constitutes an aircraft manufacturer and not um but you know mx has rob right walking talking uh living breathing fucking mastermind in that mxs and you know is the sole contributor to their sales uh, you know basically um we have extra, which has a, they're just a, a powerhouse in the aerobatic community. Yeah. You can, you know, Aviot's not doing things. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, you, you know, you, I think you can shake like a stick a, and find extras everywhere is what it, we need. We need a report from somebody who's not affiliated and just to give an honest, you know, flight on it and see what he says. I mean, cause but that's my point. Like, look at the marketing of, of, <laughs> of gen aviation. Like, they, and it's a cool you know, plane, in though. the beginning there was really like, neat. oh, sweet, there was some cool. Sh totally, no, like I remember seeing the pictures of the one that was painted up uh, with the Brightling, uh, you know, the uh, black and yellow, and said Brightling on the wing. Yeah. I'm like, or maybe, yeah, no, there's a Brightling one, and then there's like a Gen, like what is a Gen Pro on the wing or something like that. Have, hold on, one. have have you mistaken um, an MX but, for a Gen Pro? Because I don't think there's been a Brightling. Oh, I thought there was. No, well, maybe it just says Gen Pro on it. I thought yeah, there was too. No, I'm. It's it's just Gen. I'm yeah. pretty sure there was a Brightling one. I'm pretty sure you're is wrong. Is there not? Okay. <laughs> I, I, I could be, I could be. Um, but um, they looked cool. And like the photos were, I'm like, oh dude, like this is, this is going to be great. And then you just don't hear about it. And it's like, what, where's your market? Like if you're in sales, <laughs> you have to market it. Mark, where are you getting your fucking information from? You're making yeah. us look stupid now. It's a, it's a midwing. Oh Jesus. It's yeah. It's a midwing X. <laughs> Wait, what are you talking about? The, the yellow one that you're there's thinking of. There's, a, there's another one too. There's a, there's a couple. No, no. Okay. Yeah. But so in, in reality, yeah, you're, you're 100% right. So the plane is cool. Like the technology that they're trying to implement into it is awesome. And, and you know, the level of attention to detail and all of the things that they're doing in terms of the design, like I am all 100% for. I just don't get why people aren't buying like more of these because for some reason, I mean, well, but I, if you think about back to extra, no, but they sold two of them and then they have two on order. So there are people that are buying them yeah, when but, they get them, who knows, but, but that, that's but a different extra, topic. Extra just the DNG. And what are they up to? I, I think they're in the mid 20s. 16. No, no. I think, I think it's in the twenties on top of their other shit. Yeah. Like, so why, why is everybody buying extras outside of performance? Is it, is it the, no, but is it, it the support? 
Well, it, it's the support. It's the parts availability. It's the history. It's the consistency. It's and it, it's the same thing like with race cars, for example. You know, when you buy a race car, you know, do you want a boutique race car that's been you know hand built by one specific person? And if you mangle it or if you damage it in any way, shape, or form, you know, how long is it going to take for you to get so, parts? So then that goes back. We were just talking about this on the last podcast. Is <clears throat> why Gamebird is is I would consider them successful right now, very successful. Already, what yeah. They're doing. But look at the yeah. initial investment. Hundred percent. Oh yeah. You're talking. A it's an asterisk. It, it, I mean, yeah. what would you say? How much do you think? What did? What did? Uh, oh. Hundreds of millions. No, no, no. It's it's not hundreds of millions. So realistically, I would say it's two hundred million. <laughs> no shot. Um, it, no. Realistically, I would say it's under under ten million dollars. So you need in order to start an aerobatic company and start because they started producing gamers that weren't even sold. Yep. So I would say, I mean, personally, if just <clears> looking at it. I don't want to just, I shouldn't just rattle off numbers. I would say that the game board factory plus all the overhead, blah, 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 everything. You're talking about having to get a check, a check cut to you for 25 million. Less than that. And then don't forget, he, they went the <clears> way <throat> and got the airplane certified. So yeah. the amount of, the, I can't even put a number on what it would cost <clears throat> to certify an airplane these days. Yeah. It's supposedly a million dollars to certify an airplane, Just, but that was a long time ago. So it's, you know, it's, it's probably more, I mean, it's gotta be more now. How do you, that's, that's what I'm, that's what we were talking about last podcast is that it is so difficult at this point to start an aerobatic, to, to produce an aerobatic. It's prohibitive. Yeah. It's, I, yeah, but look it's at, crazy. It, we're, we're an extraordinarily small subset of the aviation community. You know, this is more of a passion play than anything, or it's an opportunity for you to build up. All your the more reason why it's dumb to make money in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that's that's under the premise. Like, why are you trying to make money in it? Well, but that's that's the premise if you're trying to make money in it, you know. But it, it's a conduit to do other things, you know. So for game composites, you know, the real idea I would think is, you know, you have a composite manufacturing company that can support the defense industry and bid on contracts and all of that. It's just a byproduct that you can build aerobatic planes. I mean, it's it's the same thing with so Zivco 2.0. Yeah, it, it, exactly. It's I wouldn't yeah. necessarily say yeah. 2.0, but it's it's the same no, type. No, yeah. Effort. Yeah, same model. Yeah, no, that makes sense. It's, you know, it's like, you know, it's like a, you know, many or it's a defense contractor with, you know, an aircraft manufacturing and on the side yeah, kind of and, thing, and, you know, where and, like and, it totally expands your technology and then you can use both to fuel each other. So you use the the modernization of defense contracts or whatever you're going to do to modernize your own aircraft manufacturing process or streamline and vice versa. I mean, yeah. Yeah, and who can you, hate on that? And you have the same thing happening in motorsports too, you know, so building race cars or, you know, components for race cars and everything. A, a lot of these companies, unbeknownst to most of us, you, you know, they have massive defense contracts where they're supporting it. A, a lot of the, you know, NASCAR yeah. manufacturers or racing teams, you know, they're also doing a ton of defense contracts under the radar that no one knows about. It just happens to be that right. motorsports is a byproduct of you know those types of operations and we're privileged enough to benefit from it yeah it's kind of like, and you know what I mean, that's I, okay i might be speaking a, a little bit macho no more than i do about it but you have f1 and you have you know ferrari you have red bull you got all these different manufacturers and when was you know i well aston martin's coming in now right but 
But um, it's it's a title manufacturer. It's it's not Aston Martin's not actually. But you don't building see a lot of new F one teams coming in because the amount of money at this point to get involved and get spot. It's, it's yeah. Really it's risky. no, in fact, McLaren might even be going away. Yeah, well, so McLaren's a different story. But you know, you have like Haas, for example, yeah. which a couple of year, a couple of years ago really entered the game. But it's, I mean, for an F one team, for you to be you know remotely competitive by any stretch of the imagination, you're spending half a billion dollars. Yeah. And, and to get into like, and that's what's happening too with the to go back to aerobatic manufacturers is you know extra has or he keeps so extra's got decades of experience so now you got a new and they got to learn everything that extra learned 25 years ago and 35 years ago yeah. yeah and it's a it's a big big learning curve and um you know, you can't, you can't buy that. You can't buy experience. No. And so that's one of the things that we, we brought up about gen pro, you know, the beauty of extra, the beauty of the edge, the beauty of the MX and, you know, all of these other successful airframes that exist, you know, it's, you have thousands, tens of thousands of R and D hours that go into actually evolving the airframes, providing feedback from, you know, leading pilots that are at the edge of, you know, competition that really know what they're doing and you have that feedback and that's what really molds the uh the plane into being awesome oh my god you know we're in my hangar right now and i guess everybody's got my door code we have aerobatic royalty we have have aerobatic royalty that just walked in (laughs) go grab a chair and pull up how are we going to share an ear with him oh we can't yeah I don't oh, have shit. much to say. I can't stay on anyway. I just saw your plane outside. So. We're already Eskimo Brothers sharing you know, yeah. earphones. So. Do you have anything to say to the aerobatic world? Besides that I suck at flying? Hello, world. Hello, world. <laughs> Mike's actually going What's over. What's up, Mike? He's going over to Macho's plane to take his wheel pants off right now. No. <laughs> yeah. He's got a 10 millimeter Love it. Pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Mark's laughing. I'll do the... Uh, these subtitles yeah <laughs> there we go translate making uh, an awful gesture <laughs> oh my god uh mark, you know the thing mark that's cool about gen uh or that, that, that uh, game bro oh, you, what's that you want to get into a fight with mike cool. he's the worst mechanic ever he's awesome. a terrible pilot yep that's enough that's, <laughs> enough, <Mark>. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you want to tell me get oh, online <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I was, what I was going to say about Gamebird is at least that's the cool part about that is they stood up all kinds of new stuff. Yeah. It's parts, like, you know, the big thing is the initial yeah. investment. That's, I think that's, it's what you need these days. It's crazy the amount of money that it takes to, to start one of these things up. And they're not really, I mean, they well, they're probably not profitable yet, but like, it's really cool to see the operation, like what, what an influx of cash did for, for Gamebird. Yeah. Yeah. And I got to be honest, I like the airplane. I've said I liked it, but it's a really, really cool looking plane, especially with the single place canopy. Yeah. Yeah. I'll call you. Uh, yeah. And I, yeah, whatever. I, I wonder what's going to happen now um, that we're hearing um, the multi ship team using Gamebird um, has lost their title sponsor. I wonder what's going to happen there. Like I yeah. was really looking forward to seeing the air show team, you know, that, that would have been oh, cool. Wait, that, that actually happened. Yeah. But they, they yeah. also have like the Halkonas, which um, I, I don't know how many planes they ordered. I think it was like five and they had the one delivered, which yeah. had its unfortunate demise. Yeah. 
Yeah, that, that kind of sucks. Who knows? I mean, I'm sure that that's we'll find uh, there's some paperwork out on what happened, but I don't think uh, I've been told. I don't know if I'm allowed to say and I certainly can't say who I heard it from, but um, it was not what I'll say. It was not pilot error. Yeah, that's kind of. But who knows? I mean, those planes were disassembled and reassembled over there. And, yeah, and historically speaking, I mean, even oh, sure. with the extras that they were running, they, they had some very questionable, you know, maintenance and modification practices yeah. that led to, you know, a yes. couple of issues. And, and they fly the planes extraordinarily hard. I mean, the level of those abuse... airplanes. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they yeah, no, yeah, they fly they fly the crap out of those airplanes. And they just they are not well made, and I just want them to fly. This it's, it's scary almost. Yeah, and I mean we've we've heard in passing the things that you know the Halconis planes have been you know exposed to you know going what two hundred plus knots yeah. and you know full deflection aileron rolls and you know snap rolls way in excess of you know what you're supposed to do and you know why is it that the rudder rattles? Well, I don't know. <laughs> How many knots right. are you going when, <laughs> when you snap rolled it? Two yeah. hundred is not the right answer. It's yeah. weird. I'm getting aileron flutter here. I don't know why. Yeah, I can't imagine. <laughs> All right, we yeah. got to get back. No, I, I want to know more about matcha. Okay, yeah, let's let's pivot. Let's pivot because I, I want to doing a good I'm, job uh, in this interview away from him, and he is on. He's here, and we, we need no. To we're gonna answer the. Questions. We're gonna ask him the tough questions now. It's time. It's time. It like is. how to pronounce um, my name? We're, <laughs> it's massage. I already I already know how to pronounce your name. It's massage. It's massage. <laughs> um, so we're midwing Eskimo brothers. Not Eskimo brothers, but we're well. Maybe I don't know. We'll get. You probably are Eskimo. We're not brothers. Eskimo brothers. We might be. I don't well, know. We both I don't have even know. Northern Lights planes, so okay. Well, let's let's go with that. Yeah. So um, Northern Lights extras, which everybody knows, and, and in case you don't know, is they're the best extras ever produced. Uh, the midwing extra, and then Northern Lights took them and just made them way better um, than anything else. Yeah, that's exactly right. So I want to know your process. Like, I want to know how you got bit by the bug. Um, for aerobatics, and then the path that led you on. I'm, I hope I'm not stealing your question, Jeff. I, I can't remember the no, the show notes that you well, sent me. Am I stealing knows, your question? Everybody knows that Macho has a secret crush on Dagmeyer. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> Everybody's seen the picture of this this pudgy dude getting into a pit that's <laughs> going for his. But like you left, you did that when you were younger, and then you got into motorsports, which nobody cares about. And um, <laughs> and then you recently you know, showed up here on Long Island, you know, we met, we became good friends and, you know, you went out to get a midwings, but like what brought you back um, exactly to say, I want to do aerobatics. I'm going to start training or, you know, cause you already had your pilot's license. Yeah. So, and it, it goes back to the, um, that lovely story that you just shit on, but <laughs> you, you know, I, <laughs> you know, I, I, I was a kid and, you know, we came to America with nothing. It's a very cliche story. You know, the whole, we came to America with $300 or whatever it was, you know, and, and as I was growing up, my mom asked me a very simple question that, you know, you, you would expect any parent would just ask just casually. And it's like, you know, what would you do if you could do anything? So I, of course, being the a kid that loved aviation, all things, you know, in the air, I said, you know, I would, I would love to, uh, to fly a plane. So my mom, and at the time, I think she was uh, a jeweler and, you know, she, she started saving up, you know, a couple of dollars each week for, you know, about a, a year and a half. 
And she ended up getting me uh, flying lessons out of Teterboro. So I did a couple of lessons. I think it was like six or seven lessons. And, you know, we almost ran out of money. And we went on this awesome family vacation every year down to Fort Lauderdale. And my, uh, my mom saw a pamphlet in the hotel and it said, fly a stunt plane, which you know, was awesome. So she looked at me and said, you know, as long as you don't tell your dad, I, I, I think that you should try this. And of course, me being the person who absolutely loved, you know, the pits and, you know, everything that it stood for, I said, absolutely. How old were you at this point? I was uh, 10, 10 or 11. Okay, cool. <clears throat> yeah. So, well, it was 99. So I was, I was 11. Could you speak English at this point? Yeah. I was in the fucking, <laughs> I was in the country for, <laughs> for, for nine years at that point. <laughs> were you still wearing a Polish fanny pack? <laughs> so, um. No, he was wearing one of those like beach volleyball hats. That yeah, that, that's exactly it. <laughs> So, uh, you know, I, um, we, we went to Fort Lauderdale executive airport and, you know, I met Dagmar and, you know, Dagmar gave me this awesome flight in her pits S2. And, you know, it, it was, it was one of those, you know, situations where, you know, as soon as we went upside down, my world forever turned upside down. And, you know, you have that adrenaline rush that, you know, it's, it's basically a drug. So after that, you know, my parents ran out of money. I got into motorcycles. I got into racing, uh, drag racing, then road racing. Uh, I started a business working Wait, on you did drag racing. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, of course. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. So it got got into road racing. Um, you know, started my own business. I worked on you know some pretty awesome things between prototypes, formula cars. Um, Ferrari Challenge, Lamborghini Super Trofeo, you know, all, all of these things. And after I drove one of my, you know, dream race cars, I just thought to myself, you know, what can I do now? Like, I've, I've done everything that I've wanted to in motorsports. <clears throat> I'm not going to start professionally racing. It's just, it's not economical. And at the time I was married, you know, so I figured, okay, cool. I'm going to get back into aviation. So I got my private pilot license. Uh, a couple of months later, I bought a diamond and I flew the diamond for a couple of months. I put 200 hours on it, I think in, you know, three or four months, like just flying it nonstop. It, yeah. And I, I was, I got bored. I hear a lot of good things about the diamond. I never flew on the diamond. Yeah, no, they're absolutely awesome planes and they're, they're sporty. So you can have fun. Yeah. Like I learned how to do spins in it and you know, I traveled all over the country with it. Too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's nice. So, um, you know, I became obsessed with the idea of getting into aerobatics and, you know, finally getting that same high that I did when I so flew the pits. Like that was, I was 26. 26? Yeah, 26, oh, wow. 27. So that's a big, that's yeah. a big gap. Yeah. So it was, um, it was 15, years? 15 16 years. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, you can add. <laughs> but, you know, so I, coming from racing, you know, all of these crazy cars, flying planes from point A to point B got boring, you know, so I, I wanted to get into aerobatics. So I, um, I happened to have, you know, business arrangements that allow me to, you know, get capital relatively quickly. So I thought to myself, all right, you know, if I have one opportunity to buy a plane, you know, what would it be? And, you know, if I'm only going to get a note this one time to actually purchase something, I want to make sure that it's worthwhile. It's a platform that's going to last me a really long time. And, you know, with my aspirations of, you know, wanting to fly competitively and get to, you know, the advanced level, you know, what can that possibly be? So, you know, obviously I came to the conclusion it's going to be an extra, you know, it's something that I could transition to. There's a very consistent, you know, support network for it if I needed parts, um, you know, it's a platform that it's all over the world so you can get training which you know shortly thereafter i i took the uh you know privilege of being able to explore that 
And so, you were training, you would come up to Long Island, you were flying, you are renting one. Yeah. Well, L, not a big wing, but. Yeah. So yeah. So, known that. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so it, it wasn't just aesthetics that were. Yeah. Like, and right. leading up to that. So, you know, I befriended Mike, which just made, you know, a, a lovely visit here. But, you know, we were having the conversation about it and, you know, he said, listen, you know, look into it, you know, he'll happily train me, you know, we'll be able to, you know, figure something out. So I found a midwing uh, at Southeast Arrow. So I, I shot Doug, you know, a quick email and I said, Hey, listen, I'm really interested in November three, zero. Yeah. November three, zero, one November Lima. Uh, you know, can you give me more details on it? So Doug reached out to me and said, Hey, listen, you know, here are the details about the plane, you know, tell me more about what you're looking for. So, you know, I explained to him, listen, you know, I have this many hours. And at the time, I think I just hit 300 hours. Um, and it, it, right away for him, it was, you know, have you ever flown aerobatics? Well, you know, when I was a kid, okay, you know, that's a problem. You know, you're trying to jump into a plane that's, you know, very serious. You know, it's a big investment. You know, are you sure? I, I explained to him, listen, you know, I did, you know, my first hundred hours real quick. I bought the diamond. I flew the diamond for 200 hours in the past couple of months. You know, I, I want something that'll challenge me uh, because I have OCD. You know, I, I'm a perfectionist. I, I want a platform and a type of aviation that I can be passionate about and it can help me develop as a pilot. And, you know, the, the midway is a great plane, but it's very stable. For the most part, so you know, yeah. it's a good no, yeah. it's yeah, it's a great plan. So Doug, um, you know, made this offer to me, and this was August twenty fourth, two thousand fifteen, and he said, "Hey, listen, you know, Mache, uh, if you still have the diamond, you know, fly the diamond down here to St. Augustine, you know, turn a trip at, into it, uh, come by, you know, I'll throw you into an extra, you know, you can see whether or not you like it, if it's something that you, you know." is going to be appealing to you. And then from there, we'll talk. And he didn't want to really touch on the plane too much. You know, he said first, you know, see if you're going to actually enjoy it, see if it's, you know, everything that you've kind of built up in your mind. So me, the absolute idiot that I am, uh, and we can only imagine why I shortly thereafter got divorced. I said, all right, great. No problem. Which Doug thought, okay, which means, you know, this kid's going to get back to me in like a week, two weeks, three weeks, and he's going to fly down in the diamond, you know, all right, whatever. No, in my case, it was, I think like four or five o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, I went home. I told my wife at the time, Hey, listen, you know, I'm going down to Florida tomorrow in the morning. <laughs> uh, you know, I grabbed the iPad. Your mind works exactly like how mine, my yeah, mind no, works. I'm, like, I'm a, I, yeah. I'm not waiting two weeks. Yeah, no, I'm a heat seeking missile. So, <laughs> yeah. So I woke up at like six o'clock. Wait, wait yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I woke up in the morning. I, I, I had my, uh, my wife dropped me off at the airport. I hopped into the diamond. I, uh, you know, flight planned everything really quickly and that was it. So I shot Doug a text. I think it was at like nine o'clock in the morning at that point. Uh, I was over Maryland, I think. And I said, Hey Doug, you know, I'll be there at three o'clock. <laughs> yeah. And you're coming from Jersey. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm coming from Jersey. <laughs> So Doug calls me uh, probably like 15 minutes later, like shitting his pants. And he's like, dude, I'm in Germany. <laughs> I was like, well, I'm going to be there. Um, I guess we're just going to fly back from Germany, please. Yeah. I was like, I guess we're going to have to figure this out. So it, it was a fun, adventurous trip. Uh, Doug, the awesome person that he is, you know, he spoke with Alan, which is uh, Patty's chief pilot. Uh, he was already there waiting for me, you know flew down, made it. Um, there was a bunch of weather, obviously, because it's August in Florida, which, you know, you have the afternoon thunderstorms and everything. So we waited about two hours. Um, I, I had the chance for Alan to, you know, give me a brief, you know, 
lesson in terms of aerobatics, flying tailwheel, because at that point, I think I only had like five or six hours, you know, flying tailwheel. Um, you know, just he briefed me on the plane, showed me everything about them. He showed me around Southeast Arrow and, you know, Patty's hangar. Uh, we did the flight and it was probably one of the most memorable flights ever because, you know, we cut around some very interesting weather. You know, I had a quick half hour flight and it was everything that I could ever dream of. Yeah, so I feel I, like I was there because you posted about 50 pictures. From yeah, it. exactly. But and the thing <laughs> is, it was one of the most memorable experiences because, you know, at, at that point, it's embodying that passion for aviation. Yeah. Like I'm a twisted, you know idiot that thought in my infinite wisdom within you know whatever 18 hours of being told hey you can fly an extra you know not that i could you know obviously drive what like an hour and a half and fly a 300l or you know fly uh um jeff's uh, 200 with him like an hour away no no no. i was going to do my you know seven hour flight down to florida because i had the opportunity to fly a brand new 330lx at the time and of course i'm an idiot and i'm going to take take up the offer so i know that you didn't buy that midwing down there for whatever reason yeah so the midwing it ends up that i had to still sell my plane because obviously you know people don't have one hundred eighty thousand dollars at my age just sitting around you know so that plane they don't <laughs> i do i'm oh I'm, listen I'm, must be I'm nice just sitting on like a million dollars of cash right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I, I had to sell my plane which uh, ended up taking like six months i think you know um, at that point, 301 November Lima was sold. So I, I started this journey of, you know, trying to figure out what would be the ideal plane, you know, and I had at that time in 2016, you know, the market was actually pretty saturated with planes. So there were at least, I would say half a dozen L's that were competitively priced. Uh, I think there were yeah. three or four midwings that were competitively priced at the same time. So with Mike, you know, we sat down, we started exploring every single one. I mean, how many midwings are in the, in the U.S.? Because there's not a lot of crap to choose from. No, so there are 67. Probably less total. than 10. Um, no, it's more than 10. I think there are like 20 of them. Yeah, that's what you Mark, In the States? Time, yeah, I like think they're 20, 20. Yeah, I think there are 20 in the States. Because I have the list at okay. home. I've been tracking most of them. And I think even on the Facebook group, we have, I think, probably 20 yeah. 20 of us in say, all, you think so all the midwing <clears throat> yeah. owners that are out there are actually they seem like everybody that i don't know does seem cool though everybody who flies a midwing is well so the thing a is cool factor to a midwing, I would say. yeah and it goes back totally. to like the decision process and, and all of that like i like the 300l but i i really firmly believe that the l stands for luxury like it really is yeah. the luxury edition That's you know you <laughs> Yeah, it, it really is. If you're into it. Yeah. yeah. And the thing is, so it's a good platform. It's comfortable. You know, you have solid visibility and everything. But for me, I wanted something performance oriented. You know, for me, it wasn't, you know, just a, a quick, you know, Sunday flight plane or I want to do a loop or I want well, to do a roll. I don't like the seat in the L. The L seat yeah. is, it drives me nuts. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. It, it's the front it's an and the back. Yeah, it's an yeah. awkward position. So we, we decided, you know, it's going to be a midwing that I'm going to buy. Um, because I obviously you know have a little bit of a deficit in terms of funds, it was also the more affordable option. So but, you so you flew down Southeast Arrow. You flew this. Uh, you flew the LX, which is another story. It's a great yep. airplane, even though it's got the LC. But whatever, <laughs> it's a great airplane because of the, uh, the midwing. Anyway, that was in when that was. That, so I flew the LX in 2016, and then as soon as you were like, uh, I know. Yeah. yeah. So right. At, yeah. As soon as I flew, I knew I wanted to get into aerobatics. So how long did it take you to find the, the midwing that you're in now? Uh, so from the point where I flew the LX, um, I started flying the L with Mike. So we did probably 10 hours over the course of the next couple of months as we were searching for the planes. And um, <laughs> so after that, we started looking, I think it was 
it was about a year and two or three months. Oh, a long time. Yeah. Yeah, because it, it took a while to actually find the uh, find the right plane. And the thing is, like, so 301 November Lima, um, it popped up back for sale after uh, it was sold from Southeast Arrow. Had issues with uh, <laughs> had issues with that one. Um, there was another one in Virginia that I was looking at, but the guy didn't really want to budge on the price, and it was an earlier serial number. Uh, there was yeah. It seems like there's hard. It's a hard thing to find a good midwing yeah. that hasn't been you know bastardized yeah like mark marks is a complete whore that thing is not, <laughs> you know it has its rudder it's disgusting on. i mean it's sloppy yeah it's, it's gross it's like the village bicycle yeah that so thing is just and oof. and because but it's nice now <laughs> yeah uh, so like i became really neurotic just like the edge you know i basically cataloged every single one that was available in the united states i started reaching out to owners that actually had them that's the only way you find what yeah. you need because like well, ironically, I got the idea from you with the 200. <laughs> yeah, the, the good airplanes, the used market for usually the airplanes that are tens that are used that are really that have been meticulously maintained, etc. They never hit the market. It's always like somebody, they're not they're not on the open market. Yeah, somebody will call Doug or somebody, you know, whatever the other dealers names are like, hey, I'm a, and they'll know if they're serious. And they'll say, I want you know, I want this. And then. Those guys already yeah. know who's interested in selling possibly and they call them and, and it sells. Yeah. So I, well, that's the problem. So I specifically remember 2016, that time frame Cause that's um, when um, the school I used to work for bought uh, a, a guy bought a 300 L and then I ferried it that I remember that time frame specifically. You're, you're totally right. It was totally saturated. What was interesting is that you would either find really pristine or beat to crap. Yeah. 100. And it was hard to find in between. It was like airplanes, like there was a couple of Northern Lights airplanes that had like, they're on their like second or third thousand hour. Yep. Or, you know, there's like these museum pieces that are completely overpriced. It was really weird. Yeah. And a part of that also was that, you know, certain people had the Midas touch where they thought that if, you know, they owned it, then, you know, it, it must be worth a lot more. So, you know, you would have these planes that are approaching the thousand hour, they have timed up motors and they wanted like mid low 200, which is well, absolutely preposterous. Is, yeah. People would see other planes listed and then they think, yep. and they would listen. So it, there's just a huge difference what planes are listed for and, and what, what they, they actually go for. for. Yeah, exactly. You, you never know what they're. Well, and even the, those airplanes too. Like the thousand hour, it's the thousand hour is such a funny and unique in, in, inspection because one, it's the metric that everybody that buys and sells an extra that knows extras uses, right? Yeah. I mean, we all we all look at TBO and stuff like that, but extra specifically, the thousand hour hasn't been done. How many have been done? How close is it? Yeah. yeah. But if you don't know extra, if you own an extra and you don't know extras, you have no idea. What the thousand hour means to you? Yep. <laughs> yeah, sure. and people will sell these airplanes like, oh yeah, what? That's just like a, you know, it's just like an extensive annual, right? Like, well, yeah, pretty, oh, no. pretty, pretty extensive annual. <laughs> yeah. So I, I basically found a bunch of planes. Um, I, I had a an interesting turn of events personally, where you know, I suddenly became single. <laughs> so um, my um, I, my opportunity to be financially reckless was uh, a little bit better. And it, I used Jeff's idea where, you know, I was looking at all of these planes and nothing was really hitting what I wanted. And I shot out a bunch of emails. I went onto the uh, N number registry. I hunted down every single midwing. Uh, I started like literally like stalking the people that were listed as the owners. I'm trying to find their emails, you know, shooting them out like random notes. Hey, listen, you know, I don't know if you still have this plane, but if you do, I would really love to sell it or I, I would really love to buy what it. What were you looking like? What were your, what was your criteria like in your mind when you were looking at these airplanes and pursuing them off market or whether they were on market? What, what? <clears throat> What were you looking for specifically? So I, knowing 
basically being so neurotic learning about all of the midwings i knew that the earlier ones were a little bit more rough around the edges so i wanted a later midwing uh, i wanted something that was in excess of like the number 50 serial number so basically from 50 to number 67 uh, i was looking uh, specifically at those and then for me it was somewhat uh, of a fresh motor probably you probably didn't yeah. want to do an old <clears throat> yeah so i wanted something that didn't require i basically it was there were two different realms it was either i wanted to find one that was absolutely mint or I wanted to find one that was beat so I can essentially rebuild it from the ground up. So lo and behold, sure. as I'm negotiating with, I think, three different people at the time, uh, with Mike's help, you know, we're reviewing everything. Uh, I get this awesome, you know, just random cryptic email with a picture of a white midwing and a note saying, I heard you were looking for one of these. And I'm like, well, what the hell is that? And I shoot a note back to the guy and it was uh, Ray from Ray's Aviation. And I was like, like are, are you torturing me right now? Like, is yeah. it for sale? Like, what's what's the deal? Yes, it's for sale. That was literally the reply. Yes, it's for sale. I'm like, people from California. Okay. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm like, okay, can you give me, you know, more details on it? Uh, you know, what's the total time on the airframe? You know, what are the hours on the engine? What are the hours on the propeller? You know, c- can you give me more details? Uh, why is it missing a wing? <laughs> because <laughs> it was a picture of just, you know, the fuselage without the wing. Uh, you know, so he basically goes into uh, saying, hey, you know, can you just call me? It has 600 hours on the airframe, uh, has 100 hours on the motor, and it has like 60 hours on the prop. So at that point, like, I'm about to have a heart attack. Like, this is my perfect plane. It's a white, fresh midwing. Yeah, why do you like white so much? I just, I, your obsession with the color <laughs> no, I just, so it goes back to formula. Racism. No. Uh, so it, 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 it goes back to, <laughs> it goes back to, um, to Braun from uh, F1. So basically I always fell in love with the idea. Mark, are you following this? Come on. No, <laughs> so no, basically Braun F1, uh, you know, they had these beautiful liveries that it was a white, formula car and it had highlighter Mark, yellow what are you doing for dinner tonight <laughs> oh, fuck off <laughs> carbone oh <laughs> uh, wow that's really shitty because i am going right, there so tonight like, wait, we get it. Some, yeah so of course you're going there some f1 team blah, yeah blah, blah, so and yeah. that was the real motivation and it ends up that it was a very great price and it gave us the opportunity to you know take the plane rebuild it from the ground up um you know just make sure that everything is pristine and for me it was a it's a very you know financially safe move where I can buy a plane at a reasonable price and know that it's going to last me for a really long time. And that was the real idea. So it's basically tantamount to having a brand new extra at just essentially 50% of the price. Yeah, it's, a, it's beautiful. I, I will say, because he has a, much just got the canopy that's tinted and with the white, it's, uh, it's it pops. Pretty, yeah, it, it nice. pops. Sorry if you can't hear me that well. I'm eating a Twix bar right now. <laughs> I think we lost Mark. Did we really? I'm here. I'm oh. listening. Uh, um, yeah, really quiet. He had, so, he had us on mute. All that F1 talk was just yeah. those That's why I went to go get a candy bar. Freaking shot. Yeah, so basically, yeah. That's, 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 that's the story of buying the menu. What was that? Um, I was just looking at Carbone's menu. Sorry, I was getting hungry. Um, <laughs> Spicy rigatoni is so good. <laughs> Yeah, why do you love Carbone? Someday we're all going to go there. I'll, I'll absolutely take it because it's the best Italian place oh on the East Coast. All right, we'll make it happen. We'll make yeah, it absolutely happen. Absolutely will. So, what you, so you acquired your airplane yep. from from when you acquired it to flying was what, a little over a year? Uh, no, no. It, it took a lot longer than that. So I basically, we, <laughs> fuckers, <laughs> I got set up for that one. Um, so <laughs> uh, I... 
I took delivery of the plane in January 2017. Um, Mike, which, you know, wanted to help me with the entire rebuild and everything. Uh, it ends up that the outfit that he flies for suddenly got a tremendous, you know, uplift in business. So he was literally here maybe two days a month for basically the duration of three three years. So, you know, we were able to work on the plane, you know, maybe one or two days a month for that duration. So I basically, when I took the delivery of the plane, it was January, 2017. The first test flight of it was March, 2020, but it worked out because yeah, I mean, you guys did a phenomenal job on the yeah, I mean, the, uh, panel. Yeah. It looks incredible. Yeah. The, the plane is for all intents and purposes, essentially brand new. So it's a modern midwing at this point you know it has the panel which is lightweight carbon uh, we consolidated everything we got rid of anything and everything that we didn't need uh, i think we shaved 30 pounds off of the plane uh in terms of just removing the wiring uh the led wingtip lights you know like Ooh, everything. LED. <laughs> you know but it, Fancy. It, yeah it was it was an excellent opportunity for us just to you know be able to rebuild the plane and you know, have something fresh. Right, enough, and... enough of this midwing talk. We get it. We do. We do. This little it's... club, midwing mafia. But it's oh. cool because your air, your airplane's experimental. Like yeah. so, it it allows you to do so much more than than what I could do. Yeah, and it's it's cool. Like so, I have the ten and a half to one compression motor. Uh, I'm going to be putting a new prop on it. I'm going to do the Grove gear at some point in the not too distant future, whenever I'm privileged enough to actually, you know, have it shipped to me, you know, so at, at that point, you know, it'll be a, it'll be a modern extra and it'll be enough for me basically to learn as much as I can in terms of flying aerobatics, you know, compete with it. And then in a couple of years, once I won't necessarily say I've outgrown, but I want something a little bit better, you know, it'll serve me well for the next couple of hundred hours. Yeah, I hope Eric actually didn't hear you. Oh, here. <laughs> I know he's going to, he's going to cry. Now he's just going to come over. But yeah, no, that's, so he's going to, that's gonna awesome. On matcha too. Yeah. Everybody's going to want to kill matcha. That's okay. yep. Everybody's going to, everybody's got to hear that man. Manufacturers are just going to, it's going to be like hostile. Yeah. They're going <laughs> to <laughs> multiple people trying to kidnap me and kill me. <laughs> yeah. So you're, did you join IAC? Yes. So you're a member of IAC. I am. Cool. So what do you, so Welcome to the suck. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. So what? So you've been around like motorsports, all this stuff, and all these other clubs, and you join IAC. What? And it seems like you're obsessed with their best. So you're one of those people that it doesn't matter what happens, this or that, you're gonna stay. What do you think? What would you like to see happen, or change, or be added to this, uh, to the club? or competition scene like what do you think is missing because you have a lot of experience in in motorsports with with those types of clubs and and uh what else would you call it i'm, I'm trying to figure out oh organizations organizations i think the number one thing is and we cover a lot of it on the facebook group but you know there are tremendous barriers to entry for a majority of the people and you know now with insurance being a hot topic you know it's difficult to find planes it's difficult to insure planes um it's difficult finding the right mechanics to actually support the planes you know so everything revolving around actually getting into a plane to you know either purchase it or rent it makes it difficult to get involved like in my case it wasn't cost effective to rent out a plane just so i can learn how to fly aerobatics at whatever 350 dollars an hour you know if not more it's 
it's tremendous. I, I mean, it's, it's a lot of money that you have to invest in order to, you know, actually become proficient and, you know, be good at what you want to do. If you want to put around and, you know, do a loop or roll or, you know, anything like that. Okay. You know, that's, that's a different game, but if you want to actually be competitive and treat this seriously, you know, how do you do that in a cost-effective way? So you're saying that there's no portal. No, there, there really isn't. Somewhat, um, or if there is, it's outdated um, to basically say, okay, listen, or dumbify it for somebody who's, who has no experience in airbags, <clears> I say, say, you know, you're in this region and, um, or maybe there's just not enough people training, you know, that, that could be it too. Yeah. Well, if you think about it, like even to get a tailwheel endorsement in, in the tri-state area, I, I think there's, there may be one or two people. So you have Dame. I can actually do it. There's yeah. some people that, are, and it's it's a disaster. Yeah. So you have like these independent operators, which you know they're hit or miss. You know, maybe they'll be available once or twice a year in order for you to do your tailwheel endorsement. You know, but in reality, even getting something as fundamental as a tailwheel endorsement in the Northeast is a very difficult task. I mean, you only have a handful of people. The ones that you actually do, you know, to get on their schedule is incredibly difficult. I mean, most of the time they don't do it for a living. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. So you have to basically cater to them and they'll give you like two or three hours notice and they'll say, hey, you know, I'm around. Do you want to do a lesson? Like, how are you supposed to become a consistent pilot if you don't have these resources available to you to go fly? It's not like renting out a Diamond or a Cessna or, you know, any other type of a plane where, you know, it's readily available. You have a consistent, you know, opportunity to train, especially in the Northeast. You know, you have, it's different in, for example, the Southeast in Florida, yes. where you have all of these different awesome schools. Like you can go to Patty's and you know, I did that too, you know, and you can go fly with her or on the West Coast, you know, you guys have a lot of different opportunities available to you. Whereas, you know, here it sucks. Like it's friggin' horrible. Not only that, but now, you know, having owned my plane and flying it in the colder weather anything <laughs> anything below like 50 degrees like it's absolutely torture like i'm wearing two sets of thermals i'm wearing a fleece. it's miserable yeah it sucks uh, mind you the performance is absolutely freaking awesome but you know outside yeah. of that you know you're frigid like i'm an eskimo like i'm literally wrapped in like four layers anything below 50 degrees and i'm freezing my ass off so yeah, i can't even fit in my plane when i do that I'm such yeah a fat ass. <laughs> but like the barriers of entry are are really difficult so i think that that's going to be one of the best things and you know jim has touched on that and you know in our facebook group he really addressed the fact that he wants to figure out opportunities to help us you know get more people that are interested and you know allow them to participate and give them those you know chances I, yeah i think that you know owning an airplane or renting an airplane and and practicing enough and being and then being able to compete is very few and far be not a low percentage of people that that are going to do that but I think if there was focus on the other aspect, which Mark and I, you know, spoke about a lot with, um, you know, being able to be at a contest and not necessarily have to fly, um, you know, that could be a great window of opportunity for people to get into the IAC or aerobatic competition and experience it. And they don't necessarily have to fly, you know, because there's just there's we've already said there's there's a ton of stuff to do and help out or just go there and, and enjoy yourself and watch. And I, I think if that was <clears throat> If that was put out there and people knew about it, that, hey, there's a contest, you know, uh, August, whatever, in Vermont, and you can fly in. There's the airport's not closed. Obviously, there's a box, there's wavered airspace, and you have to, you know, read your NOTAMs and all that crap. But you can go there, show up in a Cessna or drive there. And just hang out. Yeah. So, but that, that goes back to like the whole insurance discussion that we've been having on the side because I've been complaining <laughs> about how, how much my insurance really costs. But, you know, 
as I understand it, you can't even publicize aerobatic competitions. No. Yeah. So, and you know, so now you have all of these different barriers of even being able to bring, you know, people to the airport to experience it. And the same thing in terms of publicized, like they can't make it like an air show. So yeah, I, you can't advertise it as a show. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it, it comes down to a monetary aspect of it, but I think you can put it, I'm talking about, you know, putting it into a, a, ma- a ma- magazines are kind of outdated, or a website, like the actual EAA uh, website where it's got all the warbird guides, all the ultralight guys, yada, yada, yada. And say, hey, aerobatic competition in Michigan, you could show up. There's no cost for you to fly into the airport besides a landing fee, if there is one. And you can have, you know, help out. And I think that you would see an increase, you know. And I, I think you just, you have to make it more hospitable for everybody. You know, is there a place to hang out? You know, is there going to be food? You know, there, there has to be some sort of a support system for it. You know, so when you go to a race. Don't have it in Salina fucking Kansas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> can we start there? Yeah. So, but that's. That... Well, you know, it is central to the, the best thing about it. And trust me, it's a long flight for me. But I've always made the argument that it should be central to America. But yeah, maybe it wasn't. It was good. I got to be honest. Salina, it, it's not what you would think. It's actually a nice little city. They have a lot of them. I'm actually kind of being tongue in tongue in cheek. Oh, you're but... an asshole. Man. <laughs> um, but no, that, that... can it be in San Diego where it's like beautiful all the time? Oh yeah, that's where you have like an hour flight. Yeah, that's real fair. Yeah, no, but, it's, <laughs> but that, that's that's the thing, you know. And it, it, it's we'll also have it on Long Island. Much as like trying to talk, and we're just having our own. It's okay. No, but it, it's it's cool because there there are so many people. I guess it's been an influx over the past, you know, let's say two, two years or so where there is more young blood getting into the hobby of aerobatics. And you can see that there's more energy as compared to a couple of years ago. So you have younger people that are participating. They're figuring out ways to afford the planes, you know, how to actually, you know, have fun with them. Uh, Why do you think that, what, like what? Why is that? If I had to guess, I'd say it's social media. Yeah, it's absolutely social media. And it's freaking cool. You know, you have people like Mark, you have people like Alan, you know, you have all of these awesome pilots that are posting great content and showing you how, you know, aerobatics essentially is, you know, creating a three dimensional playground in the sky. Like if I want to fly upside down, and it's like, awesome to watch. Yeah, it, it really is. And that's, that's the thing that really is going to drive more engagement it is bringing more people yeah. on and sharing content. The, yeah. The experience of it, you know, if you tell people, Hey, listen, you know, cool. I fly a plane. I go upside down. They're like, you're out of your fucking mind, you know, but if you show them cool pictures and you know, the sights and you know, the experience and the noises and the fun, you know, that's where you're really going to engage more people. And that's what I try to do. You know, anyone who talks about, Oh wow, you're, you know, you're absolutely nuts flying a plane, let alone flying upside down. I say, Hey, listen, you know, I can hook you up with someone that can, you know, give you a quick flight because I'm not going to expose anyone to danger because I suck at flying. <laughs> you know, but I, I, I want to give people the experience of being able to do it. Like I took out my best friend for his first experience in an aerobatic plane. The only other time he flew was in the diamond with me, you know, and he absolutely loved it. He thought that it was utterly insane, but he got it. You know, at the end of the flight, you know, we're hanging out in the hangar and he's like, I get it. Like, it's freaking awesome. You know, the yeah. sensations, you know, just the perspective that you have, like it's, it's one of the coolest things. And we have to, I think it's incumbent upon all of us to really be able to push that and try to expose people to it and show them the benefits of it because yeah, it's given a taste. Yeah. Because our generation, like, yeah. frankly, we suck. Like everyone just sits on the couch or, you know, they go out to, you know, have drinks and, you know, shit like that. But, you know, no one's really going out and having fun and doing these adventurous things. 
Yeah, but it, it's just it's a lot of effort, is what I think. It is, but fuck that. Like yeah. you only have one life to live. Like, live... but I do think that there are people out there that are willing to put the effort. One hundred percent. Yeah, they just don't know. It's also not that much effort. Like it really, it, it can be. It. I mean, that's a th- uh, kind of what I was. I think Jeff, we were talking about this a little bit last time, but like, yeah, okay, the IAC is competition, right? And it's it's a national embodiment of international competition. It's the you know, it's our sanctioning you know, our governance and our club, it seems which is nationalistic. It's super complicated, Yeah, but like that in like, you know, this talk about grassroots, we talk about this every time, but like, you know, grassroots and, and competition and teams and all this bullshit. We, what's missing is a a recreate, like a fun, yeah, like a focus on fun. Yeah, and because one, it's, one of, it's really not where there's really isn't. Yeah, and one of the biggest things, and I think that we're doing it here in the Northeast. You know, we hang out, we have fun, we have other friends that yeah. are involved in aviation. So I, you know, every weekend or every other weekend, fly from Orange County and upstate New York over here to Long Island, and I'm hanging out with Jeff. I'm hanging out with Mike. I'm flying with Mike to do training. You, you know, we have a bunch of people that are getting involved. I have another friend that you know just upgraded from a Christian Eagle to uh, pick up a 300s. You know, and he's going to be at my airport. We have, I think, uh, Giles. Nice. We have, uh, I think, two or three other pits at my airport in upstate New York. You know, so the and thing is, <clears throat> you have a really famous yeah, chick yes. with a pits. No comment. No comment. No comment. You have a really, really famous chick that has a pits that uh, is super cool. Super cool chick. Super cool. <laughs> Anyway, back yeah. to Formula One. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, so, but, but, but back to Carbone. Yeah, but but the thing really is, you, you know, you need to have that support system, and it can't be a solo experience. Yeah. Like, so I think what you're leading up to is that there is an opportunity to to help grow the numbers or keep people in or connect everybody. Is the only way is social media. Yeah, it's social media. You but think it's the only way. I I, I think it's I the. I would say it. I, it's one of. Yeah, I, I think it's well, the. What else would there be? Well, no, but I think it's the only efficient way. You know, so that, it's the only efficient way. Yeah, but also as a part of that, yeah. it's not only social media, but it's also you know actual social engagement in person. You know, you can't fly alone that much without getting bored. You know, because then it's very clinical. Yeah. Like, okay, I, and I, mind you, I'm guilty of it because two, three times a week. I drive my 40 minutes to the airport. I hop in the plane. I do two sessions and I practice one specific thing. Am I doing rolls? Am I doing loops? Am I doing this? Am I doing that? And it's a very clinical approach, but then you want to have fun. You know, so for example, like I'll fly with Pablo or I'll visit Jeff and we have fun here. Oh no, my God, Pablo, I forgot yes. you went flying with him. Yeah. So <laughs> how was that? Absolutely awesome. But you know, <laughs> you're laughing. Did something funny happen? No comment. Um, but <laughs> you guys are adorable together. Yeah. <laughs> But that's that's the thing. You, you need to have that social aspect of it because at that point, it's like having a race car and being the only person that goes to the racetrack and you do laps around the track. Like it gets boring. It's monotonous. It's lonely. Yeah, it really yeah, that's is. A, that's it, a great word. Lonely. Yeah, but that, it is. And it's it's important for us to engage others, show them what aerobatics is all about. And this it goes. Mind you, Jeff makes fun of me because he says it's my crush. But like Dagmar Kress, Dagmar <laughs> is one of the best people for aerobatics, along with Patty and all of these other notable aviators because it's literally their life goal she's to share a really big impact on the yeah sport, absolutely yeah 100 percent. if probably how many people do you think she's responsible for thousands 100 it has to be in the thousands yeah because yeah. think yeah. about it you know she impacted has she been me nominated for like any awards yet? uh i'm she's not sure i mean the ic hall of fame I mean, yeah so but and that's that's the thing you know so i think that you know that's a 
she's the perfect trendsetter for what we should aspire to be. You know, we should be people that understand that it's important for us to share that love of aerobatics and aviation and to bring other people into it and expose them to it. Because if we don't, or if we try to treat it as this elite club, then it's going to continue to atrophy and then no one's going to be flying. No one's going to want to buy it. Well, and that's the problem is that's what's happening right now. You know, like, and we've, that we've seen that effect of atrophy. Like that's a great way to put it. Cause you know, and I almost feel like people like Dagmar and Patty, not, not so much Patty. She, she has more notable fame, of course, but like, these people that are like kind of like all encompassing ambassadors to the sport, I almost feel like they get overshadowed by the elitists. Yeah. And and it's a weird thing because they're the ones that are inviting everybody in. They should be getting the notoriety. They should be getting the the exposure. And yet they kind of they kind of in a way don't uh, or they're at least not by the masses, but maybe like the geeks like us, right? Like yeah, the super freaks, the super fans. Yeah, and, but so that, that's that's the thing. So, okay, 100%. Humble is the right word. But I think if you think about the motivation more than anything, that really points it out. So you have people that are altruistic, that are humble, that are doing it because they want to share the passion of aviation and aerobatics with others. So for them, they don't care yeah. about the attention. They don't care about the notoriety. There's no true motive. <clears throat> yeah. Right. Their only objective- There's no motive for any of that. Yeah, their, their only objective is- I want to share this experience with you because it is the greatest experience that a human can have with on this planet. On. Yeah. With, <laughs> with their <laughs> pants on, you know, so it, but it's cool. You need to have that combination. So you need to have the people that are popular that have that notoriety, you know, that are just the crazy, awesome aerobatic pilots, you know, the patties, the Mike Goulians, the Rob Holland, like, you know, the people who are the ones that when you look at them fly, you think, holy shit, I can't believe a plane can do that. You know, a Kirby, everybody. <clears throat> but you also need... Well, you know what's crazy about those people that you just mentioned, aside from Rob, because he has an, an officer title, is they feel really disconnected from the IAC. They, like, they don't... That doesn't feel... They, they feel like they are in a different world than the world that the three of... Even the three of us. Like, obviously, Jeff is in a a completely different camp than, than, than you and I, or at least me personally. Um, but like, I, I think about all those people. I'm like, yeah, I, I mean, I'm a, a freak and I love them cause they're freaks and I love aerobatic flying and air show flying, but I, I don't, so do, does that make sense? Like, yeah, no, no, it, it, it's it almost like I, I can't relate no, in, in through, I can't, I, I can't relate through the IAC to them. No. So, you know, it, there's a disconnect. It's, it's 100% true. And I, I think that's what we were kind of touching on earlier. You know, the IAC, you have this very regimented structure, this very regimented organization whose sole purpose is to, you know, host these contests and have, <clears throat> you know, a specific framework for flying aerobatics when in reality we need more social engagement we need something that's more fun and just more organic you know a foundation well for... look at the aerobatic pilots page yeah and, and the aerobatic like... pilots page is an excellent you know example of what we actually need because we need that social aspect to it we need a message board we need a way that all of us can communicate in addition to you know the traditional forms of social media like you know instagram or whatever but you know we need a place where all of us can chat because the bigger the support network yeah. is the more opportunity you have for the entire hobby to thrive because right now if you think about it you know if you need help finding a mechanic who do you reach out to 
it's hard. Yeah, you have to go to the aerobatic pilots group. Yeah. You know, if you want to figure out training, okay, great. You know, the IAC yeah. website is good, but it's much better to have, you know, peer feedback of, you know, this person's an awesome instructor. You know, they provide very good constructive criticism. You know, they're very big on perfecting you. They want to make sure that you have maximum util- til- utility for your investment, as opposed to, well, this person, all they care about is, you know, siphoning money from you. And, you know, they're going to charge you for an hour, but only give you 45 minutes yeah. of flying because, you know, you were sitting and taxiing and shit like that you know so yeah. you you want to get rid of that you know transaction type approach or the highly regimented approach and you want to have like this awesome foundation for a social setting where you know we can help each other because that's what we have to do otherwise aerobatics is going to die yeah so i think what you're leading, yeah. you know what you're kind of leading up to is aerobatic competition going to an actual contest is great and all but maybe there should be um still have the competitions but more of like a fly-in slash if you want to fly type of thing. Like a week. It like doesn't air, have to be a an, weekend event. Well, no, like an aerobatic box day, you know, or just yeah, a, but anything like, like, like that. More like a fly-in where it was, you know. But even critique days, like they don't get a lot of participation. Outside, you know, like how, how, how much participation, I, I don't know, I guess, you I know, it's, we talk about this. Contest. We've talked about this in every podcast. Well, this is, the you know, what's that? Don't go to contests because a lot of people don't go to contests because they're afraid of how they're going to do and then those people will also not go to a contest because they know if they go there and don't fly, they'll get like, you know, not yelled, yelled at in like a joking manner. Well, like ridiculed. Ridiculed. Yeah. So they don't want to deal with that. But why, they, so why do people, but why do people feel that way? Because they, they're very, they may be competitive in nature. They're, you know, they just don't, you know, they don't want, but, don't want a fly shitty in front of somebody. It could be a number of things. But is it them? I guess, I guess my, 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 my point is, is it them or is it, the perception of the IAC. Well, that's that's where I'm. You know, is that's where I'm going? And if we had something that wasn't a competition, but if it was a fly-in, where certain people, if you want to sign up and get critiqued there on the site, but that wasn't the main highlight of it. The highlight, the prime purpose of this was everybody in an aerobatic plane to fly into a location for the day, no overnight, because it's hard for a lot of people to do overnights. Fly there for the day. Yeah. You're definitely, you know, there's going to be food. You know, you might bring in a guest speaker, do it like a seminar or some other BS and get all these guys in aerobatic planes to come hang out and socialize. And then, you know, they might talk about, you know, you should really go to the next competition. It's not like, you know, it's not like what you think. And, you know, it could, it could spur some, but how hard it's a lot easier to probably do a little fly in somewhere than it is to get a waiver and, and coordinate three days with an airport and all this crap. You don't have to do any of that. You can just, you can just, I guess, advertise a fly in at whatever field you want. And as long as you're not doing a aerobatics in an illegal way, you know, people are going to come and, you know, well, and the, um, like the aerobatic pilots group, like that's a really good example of like, you know, when Tom Webb messaged me about it, he's like, I'm thinking about starting a, you know, a Facebook group. And at the time, Facebook groups were not like a huge thing. And, um, I had so- actually thought about just starting a website right. like aerobaticpilots.com or something like that. Um, he started the group and, and, um, included me, like it was, it was me, Tommy, Sammy, and like maybe a couple other people as far as like found, you know, quote unquote founding members of the group, whatever, but like very early on, you know, and then now it's like 5,200 people and growing. Awesome. Um, I never would have thought 5,000 people would have signed up for a group and who cares how many are participating or not. But like it, now it is this kind of this, this no pun intended, but web of like resources, you know, like you could post something in your airplane. You could be like, crap, hey, this is kind of weird. What do you guys think? And you'll get an answer within 30 seconds. Oh, my God. Like, you know, hey, I'm on the field here. Like, remember last week? I you know, what, what do I do? I fucked up. 
like there was yeah. three or four people that were like oh if you do this that and you know you'll get good feedback and they're from big name like Mark totally Davies, um uh wrote he's legit he's a fucking legit dude who's <laughs> really oh yeah like rob that. will comment on there yeah i mean so and that's, patty comments on there i was hoping that that would take off i still do you know there's somebody else that posted too about it this guy dave i get i think his name and i think yeah I, you know it got a lot of action because you know when you do something like that when you post something shitty flying you know everybody's guard gets let down and it becomes more of a there, there's more of an ability to have a conversation about it whereas like if you just, you know, weed through all your clips and find your, you know, your best flying for the 10 seconds and post it like, yeah, it's fucking awesome. Like, yeah, you out of 15 minutes of flying, you managed to fly 10 seconds. Great. And like you want to show it. That's cool. But like it doesn't what yeah. is that the show like, yeah, OK, great. You can hit stops. But, you know, throw some shitty stuff up there, get you know, and then you'll get feedback on like what you're doing wrong, if it's right or wrong. And, you know, then it makes all this stuff so much more real. Yeah. You know, like I, it I really, really that's kind of what I meant, like this, like what the people the, <laughs> adam if you're people have this really weird thing yeah. what's that no, i said adam if you're listening go post something right <laughs> come on dude come on um, we know you got but it you know and that's <laughs> you know and there, we're never going to get rid of people that have that mentality of like, just not wanting to show cards or like yeah, you know th- maybe think it's inappropriate or f- for whatever reason but that that starts that down that path of those kind of like p- not political agendas but like that kind of like that thought process where I just, I don't align like that. So I, maybe I'm not it's built fun. to play in that space, you know, it's fun to like, no, to, to throw up some shit stuff and, and, and hear people laughing their ass off at you. Like, I think everybody, not ever, I think it was a good post and I think, you know, yours it was, was a great post. It was funny. And, you know, you got some feedback on somebody was telling you where to look when you push, which is very accurate. You know, you don't, you know? Yeah. Like oh yeah. And um, no, I totally screwed that up. You know, it's great. It just lets everybody's guard down. And I think it makes it more, um, it makes it seem like some of the guys that are posting stuff that are flying good, that can post shit stuff that it's more realistic and it's more approachable that like, oh, they fuck up. Like I can fuck up. Like, no, they won't be so down. Like if they fuck up, like, oh, it doesn't matter. Mark Pollard, who's, you know, unlimited world champion, you know, messed up his push to. Oh, that sounds so good. (laughs) That sounds so good. Can you say that again? Sounds so good. Pollard. Carbone enthusiast. Oh <laughs> Sponsored by Carbone. Sponsor. Oh my God. Matcha, how pissed would you be if Mark got a sponsorship from Carbone? Oh, so pissed. <laughs> it would be all the money you spent. I so know, theoretically, right? he'd be taking yeah. all your money. <laughs> he could have bought an NG by now. But they're going to pay you in macaroni, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just get some breadsticks? Yeah. Um, I, you I, know, one thing I thought of too the aerobatic pilots page stuff and just like that element of it. And it doesn't have to be the aerobatic pilots, Facebook page, but like, you know, that social element massages is, is right on the money. Like, <laughs> this, this has to be a social engagement. That's the future. And that social engagement through the computer will give you a level of connection that you will feel more comfortable. Cause right now, the idea of looking up a contest that you've never been to and going there without knowing anybody is so prohibitive. Yeah. But if you can be on part of that group and get invited out and be like, Hey man, come say hi. Like, you know, you don't know what you're going to get you know when you just doing? show up to a contest unknown. You know the issue that's all that? dandy. Like that will work, but people have to give feedback on it. Like that's the problem that we run into. Cause it's the same couple dozen people that are active 
when we there's 5,000 members. So people, yeah. I'm not calling it laziness, but it's just one of those things where you, you, where you can just like something or just write, that's great. You have to, there has to be feedback because without feedback, yeah. people that aren't used to social media who have, who are, you know, say not millennials, you know, that are, that didn't grow up with social media, they don't understand it. They don't understand the amount of influence it has. So they're not going to push to do more of it. So that's why you need feedback from the younger generation to say, to just be active, you know, take 10 seconds out of your life and you don't have to post something, but just be active in liking or, or doing something. That's the, that's the key, Yeah. you know? Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. And you know, also too, like, you know, the, the contest structure, I don't know if I mentioned this before, and this is like, you know, people are going to hear this, that love competition and love competing. And they're going to be like, shut the fuck up, Mark. Like you, you don't even know. And you're trying to just change everything. And I, that's not my goal, but with what I'm saying here, but like, you know, having a, like meetups, like fly-ins where like, maybe you do like, Hey, we're going to play a horse. Right. And this is the, this is the maneuver and you're going to be judged. And you know, this is all for fun, right? Like, but like the, the emphasis is, Hey, fly your airplane in, come shoot the shit, eat some food. But like, we're going to like fuck around a little bit. Yeah. So there's not this like worry of, and strength of preparing for a contest or preparing or being nervous about how you're look. It's just like, Hey, just come on out, man. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree a hundred percent. And, um, I don't know. I don't know. I was just thinking like, you know, cause people that watch basketball, football, whatever, you know, everybody's got an opinion on it and some of them have never played basketball. They sure as shit most likely didn't play in the NBA. So it, yeah. it's no, you can have an opinion on it. That shouldn't people that say that, Oh, you have to fly like bullshit. Like you have plenty of people that watch sports that have a, have a great opinion. I, I mean, all these announcers that are on like, I, I'm going to name local ones, but anyway, just normal announcers or radio hosts most likely haven't even played, but they're brilliant. And they know right. everything that, the, everything that they say, you know, is, is pretty accurate for the most part, you know, usually. You can be analytical about something without having experienced yeah. it. Now you can't talk to this, you know, you maybe can't talk about the science of something, um, you know, having never done it. I mean, it'd be hard to talk about flying, having never flown an airplane, but you could, you could be analytical in, in terms of what you like. I mean, as the person that would be willing to do it, Yeah. you know, you may not know about flying, but you can look at it and be like, I either want to do that or I don't. Yeah. And that's, you know, speaking nobody of, can like, be like you're wrong. speaking of MBA slash, you know, it'd be neat. I mean, this is like, a tr it's a big investment. I don't think it will ever happen, but can you imagine if we had uh fantasy or on the phone? So, it would be awesome. So you pick your competitors, right? And then, you know, they would, you know, you would get X amount of points per sequence that they flew that or that they won. And, you know, to be. Yeah. A and let's do this for a whack. Well, yeah, we should do that for whack. Oh, that's brilliant. Let's set this up for whack. Yeah, done. Done. And when, and when uh, maybe if uh, Red Bull Air Races come back, that'd be another fun way to do it. But like, it, this would be. So they already had it for the Air Race. You didn't know that? Did they, was that on the app? Yeah. On the, on the Red Bull. Oh, that's right. I, I do vaguely remember that. I it came out like the season before they quit though, I think. Yeah. Something like that. I still had my uh, sidekick from T-Mobile. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Dude, T-Mobile sidekick. So, but yeah. But yeah, we got to get back to our matcha. We're hogging up his time. I had a question for matcha. Right. I have a really good one. Cause I don't think, well, let me ask Mark. Cause you guys are butt buddies with uh, Midwing Mafia. So if you, what I was going to ask you is you, you were obsessed with aerobatics, right? So you're waiting for the right time to get into it. Was there anybody, not now, but 15 years ago that 
influenced you in a way where like, not necessarily role model, but you thought they were great. Like if I can bring back, I don't even know, that's a tough question. If, my question is going to be, if you can bring back anybody into competition that used to be in competition, who would it be? I don't know who I would want to see. I mean, there's, there's a couple people that come to mind, but like, who, who did you follow 10 years ago? Uh, I would say it would probably be like Kirby or Patty and yeah. just, just, just the hardcore competitors where all that mattered to them was being the absolute best that they could be. Because you hear all of these awesome stories about, you know, just how ruthless they were about, you know, wanting to win. And the amount of practice and effort and passion that went into, you know, them being masters of their craft. So, you know, for me, that's that's what it's really. Yeah. About. And it's cool because you see that in Rob even, you know, Rob is constantly flying. Rob is constantly oh, practicing. Super. I mean, Rob lives, breathes, eats, dreams, everything flying. You know, so you have a person like that. And that's that's a person that you have to respect because, you know, at the end of the day, their world revolves around, you know, one of our biggest passions, you know? So for me, that's, that's really what it was. And, you know, back in the day it was more prevalent and, you know, you saw a lot more of it and, you know, there were, I I wouldn't necessarily say more people involved, but you know, it's, I think that there was more, I don't know. It's, 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 it's hard to explain. So Kirby, you're yeah. thinking Kirby. Yeah, I would say right. Kirby. Yeah. Rumbling, rambling thing. Yeah. That's, yeah. I was just looking for the hair. Yeah, yeah. Just, oh, fuck off. Just one fucking answer. Yeah. Kirby. Yeah, Kirby. Yeah, yeah. one answer. And, and you know, there's there only one direct answer. Carbone wants, and all of a sudden you got a soapbox. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I think if I no, was, you know, it's funny. Bring back somebody, I'd bring back Xavier de la Parent. I forget. I'm saying it fast because I can't pronounce it right. Oh. <laughs> you know, the French guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'd bring him back. He was amazing. What about you? Yeah. Oh, you know, when, whenever I can sit around, like, you know, when I got to shoot the shit with Jim Pites and then getting to talk to Wayne Hanley, like just, uh, obviously it was, it was an honor to get to fly with him. Um, but just shooting the shit with him and hearing about that golden age there, there should be a book written on it. I mean, 15, 20 years ago, maybe even maybe 25, but that's probably pushing it probably closer to 20 years ago. Yeah, and then 15 years ago was really a golden era of like unlimited. Get somebody on the show. I mean, this is nice having matcha, but you know, it's kind of like it's okay. I'm a nobody. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that'd be cool to get somebody. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, these guys that were just that were put. You know, what I would say is Rob. Rob pushes the limits of maybe physics in some ways or um, aerodynamics and, and, and aircraft ability in terms of, man, I never really thought an airplane could do that. Back then you were seeing people push structural limits, big time, like pushing airplanes to their limits and failing um, to try to get these airplanes to do uh, what they wanted to do out of them. And there's some element of that, that I'm just like, fuck man, like the stories to make it work. Uh, they were doing, I had a buddy who, who was on the team and he was running a motor. I mean, you know, he's he's a successful dude, but he was running a motor with thirteen a, to yeah, one, thirteen to 13 one, and yeah. a half. Thirteen. I mean, he would get fifty hours out of the motor because just to get the horse. I mean, he was kind of horsepower obsessed. But yeah, I mean, they were running like crazy motors. They were doing crazy modifications. They were exceeding, you know, limits. Well, they, they were flying science experiments. Yeah, that, that's exactly what I it mean, was. That's crazy. Absolutely. No, absolutely. I mean, I remember, um, that's why, you know, hearing like, uh, it's hard to find an extra 230 that's clean right now because all the 230s were just, you know, the sequences were getting tougher. People still had them. And those things were just getting pushed and pushed and pushed. But also, yeah. I think the cool thing is, you know, back in the day, 
there was more true aviation like more people just having fun being yeah well not not only natural ability but just having more fun being more adventurous and you know we didn't have so much scrutiny or eyes on everything where you know you can now get in trouble for you know doing even the smallest thing like if you do an aggressive takeoff you know, yeah, yeah. Your, your, your hanger neighbor all of a sudden goes to the faa guy two the other thing two hangers is, down i might be wrong but i remember i was a kid back in the uh mid 90s um and the top guy like my friend had, he had a coach he was training with sergey i think or whatever but you know it was usually only the unlimited guys that had people flying in unlimited that had their own co- you know hired coaches now you know there's prime people in primary have coaching you can't do it without yeah, everybody's. You almost it. can't. You almost can't do it without. You you could, but you almost can't. I mean, it's great. There's no. I'm not making an argument that it's bad. I think it's great, but it was. It goes back to what Macho was saying that you know a lot of people and not necessarily the unlimited category, but in the lower you know advanced and under, they had to figure a lot of crap out themselves, you know, and they were yeah. in Nobody had SCs. Nobody had extras. Everybody's in the pits has to be or less, you know, and they had to make. Yeah. It- and- that's going to be, you know, if you want to talk, I, I hear that argument about, um, you know, the IAC shrinking itself, uh, due to, you know, the figures of, I mean, it, I mean, it, it's not just an IAC problem. It's, it's, you know, SIVA and everybody else, um, you know, with, with, with unlimited, you can't, there's going to be a time when the SC can't do it. And what the hell airplane is it going to look like that can do it? Yeah, but so it, it, you know, it goes back to what we were talking about where, you know, now you, if you really think about it now, aerobatics is becoming so regimented that all people care about is, you know, can it do the sequence? Can it do this? Can it do that? Like whatever happened to just having fun, you know, and flying upside down well, and learning how to do a proper roll or a loop, you, you know, now we're, we're trying to standardize everything. And, you know, we're saying that if the plane can't compete, you know, in advance, then it's no good. Fuck yeah. that. Like, how about just yeah. having fun and enjoying yourself? Like and your base. That's what we were talking about last yeah. week is your base is intermediate sportsman and primary. Yeah. Advanced and unlimited. You don't get a lot of competitors. So if you're, you want to talk about grassroots, that's your grassroots. Yeah, so 100%. Like, that's why like with intermediate, I just feel like the sequence, I hope that they, I, I hope they keep it the way it was without the snap because it should be fun. Like it's, I heard they're changing it. Are you serious? And that's what I think I heard the votes. So. I, I think I read the <laughs> votes were to change it. How many votes were there? God. I don't know. We should, you know, I, it'd be interesting. You know what? You know what the best thing to do is, whether you do it on the Facebook group, whatever, is put a post out and just say, all sportsmen competitors out there, you need to answer. If there was a snap, if there was not a snap in intermediate, would you go? Would you move up? I'd be really yeah. excited to see. That up. Yeah. Like how many people would move into intermediate if there was not a snap? Because that's how you grow. Right now, if you you're gonna get the same people. So how are you gonna get growth? Yeah, and and going back to the fun thing, you know, that's like again, if if you guys haven't been able to tell yet, I don't take life too seriously uh in a lot of ways like you know gotta have the career gotta well, gotta make money helmet, i do wear a helmet um but it's a goofy looking helmet so you know there's that yeah it looks like you're at a club in i did wear a unicorn <laughs> um i take you know there's some safety things there's some elements takes i, I kind of want to have gas in the airplane so i'll take that seriously but you know the fun element the the like no how often do people refer to competitions and competing and flying a resty as fun 
Yeah, and that's that's the, that's the point that I'm getting at. You, you know, it need, you need to actually enjoy yourself. Like, if if you standardize everything and you make it so regimented, then you know, at that point, is it really fun? It's it's becoming too serious, too too much, you know, too strict, you know, too just clinical. Like, what happened to wanting that's, that's, to have fun? Yeah, that's always been my barrier to competition. Um, uh, aside from it being a, shitty, I thought it was a height limit that was preventing you from competition. <laughs> oh, man. I sit on a pad. All right, I can lift myself up. Oh, so you have a, you have a booster seat? seat? I have a booster seat. Do you have blocks for the rudder pedals? Oh, man. I don't actually need those because my extra being just so fucking advanced for its time has electric rudder pedals that I can just move to my feet. Ah, oh, well, I, I, I didn't know if it could actually get close enough. That's why I had to ask. Shit. I don't even hit I don't even hit the stops, dude. Oh well I'm I'm impressed. Mark's got the seat. I'm short. Mark, I think Mark's I'm short. got the seat when you go to the movie theater with your kid that you know you put that seat yeah. on the chair. <laughs> See the <screen>. <laughs> <laughs> See, <within> the seat. <laughs> uh, He's probably wearing with like four inch holes. Yeah, to get on the rides. Yeah. <laughs> so he wore it at the Southeast Arrow, so yeah. he let him ride the ride. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. why you couldn't fly I the mean, engine. There was a height limit. Oh man! Yeah, <laughs> Macho's getting brutal. I Maybe mean, we should go down to, the, uh, to to some of the questions we had for him. <laughs> we, were, we were talking earlier. Um, I'll finish my thought on the on the the competition thing is like that. That is going to be a tough one to to break. Is how do you take out the seriousness because co- competition is serious? How do you how do you bridge that gap between fun and it's obviously p- people that compete and Jeff, you can attest to this. I'm sure you in your element, like you're having fun, but it's not, it's not, um, uh, unabashed fun. It's like, it's a, it's more of a selfish fun that some people, it gets, it gets stagnant. So like I, I go there and there's, there's a few people that I see that I, I genuinely like, and I have fun with, there's no doubt, but that took a couple of yeah. years to establish that relationship. So for somebody who's coming there for the first time, it's it's a very selfish type of fun where like you're just if you're like me you just love being around aerobatic planes so it's fun you know yeah if you don't meet anybody or if it's not a bit you know you're going to you're going to get bored and and eventually and unfortunately most likely leave the sport but if we do some of the things where you know the social media gets hyped up where there's a lot everybody loves pictures um and you put that out there of what's going on, up-to-date photographs, you know, and have people post, tag, blah, 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 and, and let everybody see what's going on in the contest, they might come and then make it interactive. Like I, the two things I said last week, although <clears throat> they sound stupid, I think are hysterical. Like, I, I don't know if you, did you listen to them? You didn't? So we talked about doing a, like a WWF style title belt, if you win a category at a contest, and then you got to come back next year and defend it. And you get this obnoxious big belt. Yeah, we do that in drag racing. Yeah. I mean, if I, I would love to win a contest like that and stand on the seat of my plane, like you know, like the air show guys do with their with, but just have this massive like Randy Savage title belt around my waist. Like when I showed up to the, when I showed up to the, if when I should if I won and I was and I come to you know when I come to the contest next year, I would wear that to my flight in. You know, when I first get there, and I would get out of the plane with the belt. You know. And the other idea, we, Hell yeah. the other idea we had was to get like, you know, at least a four by eight sheet of plywood or whatever and do live scoring so that everybody could see what's going on instead of just putting up like an eight and a half 
by 11 sheet of paper. No, I, I agree. But also like, like that's interactive. It's going to yeah, be interactive. But also the things that we're doing and that we want to do on the group in terms of like just having, you know, little contests of, you know, posting up this figure and getting critiqued and scoring it and, you know, things like that. Like it, all it has to be is really boosting engagement, but also not making it so standardized that it's a burden to actually participate in. It. Like if we say, okay, you know, let's do a quick sequence of like a loop or roll and like this and that. we do a virtual type? Yeah, we, we absolutely can. Hold on a second. We can do like a virtual league. Mm-hmm. So we got to get 20, yeah. let's get 20 volunteers and yeah. I don't give a shit what category and it'll be intermediate at best without the snap roll figures. This way we can get everybody and anybody. And every week there'd be like one pilot against another pilot that have to, you know, there'll be rules. And the only rule is like where you got to put the GoPro or whatever the hell. Mm-hmm. And you can fly in, you can, you got to do it in a week. So you can wait for any type of condition you want, weather-wise, you know, if it rains all week, we get it, you know, and you record the flight and you post it and then people vote who wins. Yeah. And, but that see, would be fucking cool. Yeah. But, and doing things, yeah, absolutely. And doing things like that, like we're boosting participation, we're boosting engagement. We have the social aspect where people can talk about it. They have the foundation for conversations and, you know, having fun, busting chops and you know, shit like that. But at the end of the day, you know, it's all about, yeah, it's engaging people. And it, the more we that engage, really yeah. thing to do. so, but the more, you know, what's crazy though, is it as, all this stuff that we're talking about sounds like it, the more we talk and the more ideas we have, the the more of a departure it is from the IAC. Yeah, but see, the thing is, it, there's a time and place for everything. So, you know, if you have... Maybe ha- that's the only way to grow. Yeah, so... IAC has its function, but there also needs to be the social aspect and other things around it. Like when you're racing cars, if you're so maybe we make a new sanctioning body. Well, I, but why no, does there have to be a sanctioning a body? Yeah, it's just it's for we'll fun. The, uh... No, that's what I mean. I don't mean sanctioning body. I mean uh, yeah, no, an I organization. Would, make our own stupid group. You know, all do it like really amateur. Yeah, but see, at, at that point, if you if you if you distinguish it and you set up a different group, then you know you breed this you know partisanship. Of people that are going right. to diehard IACers that are going to say fuck that you guys are taking yeah. away from the sport, you know. When in reality, it doesn't. The thing that we need to step away from is the structure and regimented aspect of it. So if we're having fun, you know, it doesn't matter if there's a true, you know, structure to it or anything. All it really comes down to is just you know making sure that we, you know, have fun. Yeah, I thought it would be really cool to do, and I still kind of want to do this. Is like a game of like a, a a game of horse, like you fly in, and there are different levels, and you can literally challenge people, and you just fly a game of horse. Yeah, exactly. But and that's you know that's the thing where like, there's no, it's not. Well, no, no. It, go ahead. I, I think that's that's one hundred percent. At the end of the day, the real goal has to be you have to, not you have to, but the thing that we should really aspire to do is you know getting us into an environment where it isn't so structured that we have these barriers because the more barriers that we put in place, the more difficult it is to actually get people involved. And then we also know with our generation and, you know, this time in history, people are really apprehensive to do new things or invest or anything like that. But if you can just have fun and give people that foundation to just enjoy yourself and participate and just mess around, like that's what's going to contribute to it. If you think about it, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, 30 years ago, people didn't only care about flying for IAC and, you know, being in contests. They wanted to have fun. It was a social thing. You know, you and a couple of buddies had, you know, all pits. 
and you guys would just hang out and you would yeah. fly from you know point a to point b you would you know have uh, just you know box days you would practice aerobatics you would critique each other you know you would work on each other's planes you know you would have like this support system and this network and it was a very organic it was yeah. a true social you know environment Whereas right now, we- I think we could all agree that like going to the going to the airport and having buddies that you're friends with and shoot the shit and go fly and do cool stuff is the pinnacle of what you're doing. Yeah, and it, I mean, it's, the, the, that, like, the, there's nothing better than that. Yeah, and it's the coolest thing. Like my hangar, you know, I have a couch, I have a fridge, I have a palm tree, I, I have a palm tree, and a palm tree. <laughs> but you know, but the cool thing is, like, I I can spend the entire day there. So I bring my friends that aren't even involved in aviation to the airport and we just hang out and shoot the shit and just have fun. You know, I'll give them a ride, you know, we'll grab a different plane so we can have more of a scenic flight. We're listening to music. We're eating food. We're, we're we're just, we're having fun and we need to continue to breed that social environment where it's relaxed. And it's just about sharing that passion. If you turn it into something, you know, more competitive and, you know, strictly focusing on like these, you know, specific contests or these things you know at that point look how we're even the planes that we're looking at now you know the atrophy you know people don't look at pits anymore unless you're the true vintage person that loves them for the history and the romance of aviation you know aerobatics yeah or just biplane people but you know now people are they're only focusing on well you know what kind of a plane is going to win unlimited yeah Yeah, the roll rate you know is it going to win unlimited hey you know listen dumbass like you're never going to fly that well like what does it matter why isn't it about you know having fun or flying a plane that can actually do aerobatics yeah i think we should build on this i think that like what I'm sorry to segue because I'm just so excited about this virtual aerobatic competition, <laughs> but you get 20 pilots and then get 40 or 50. Sounds like a lot, but you get 40 or 50 non-flying people that love aerobatics and no like judging, you know, one point for five degrees bullshit. Just judge who flew it better. It yeah. doesn't matter. What looks crisper? What looks what you yeah. what you liked Video better? Videos you like better. Simple. Yeah. You're a loser. Like you can't judge the angles and everything off a GoPro. Everybody knows that. And, you know, you can freaking judge the airplane by how, you know, because it's a yellow airplane. Who gives a shit? But like, whatever, as long as you're. (laughs) Yeah, but it it goes back to the whole thing. Like, it's it's all about participation. Get more people involved. Like if when there are people at the airport that I keep my uh, extra at now, if they like the plane, I say, hey, you know, on the radio go visit me in my hangar. You know, it's, you know, this specific hangar, I'm going to be there for the rest of the day. I Come check out the plane. Yeah, 100%. Especially, I mean, the most likely they're going to be 25 and under, but. No, but not only that, if you think about it in our, fa- in, in yeah. our, yeah, but they can be mm-hmm. flying people, you know, if, if you go look judges, judges. Yeah, no, yeah. but even judges too. Like, no, you, <laughs> no, but like, <laughs> no, but the, the thing is like, there are people Sorry, that are, league's already been canceled. <laughs> But the thing is, you know, you want to have more engagement. You want to have more people. So even when we post funny memes, you know, if it's a shitty meme, my threshold is 25 likes. You know, if it's a great meme, we have two, three, four hundred people. So we have people that are active participants in all of this. And if you basically publicize it in a way where 35 likes on that. Well, that that's that Marx, yeah. Oh, the Joker with yeah. <laughs> But the thing is, like that we, one didn't hit hit all that hard. No, but like so, we we have that foundation. The, oh no, Mark posted about much. Oh, you, oh my God, you got the updated group. Cover? Uh, yeah, the, the group cover photo that will last like two hours. I know. Switches it on you. Yeah, before Asshole. like a, a biplane person <laughs> complains. But you, you know, like the the Get biggest <laughs> the uh... the biggest thing is you know just 
get more people involved, get more people engaged. It doesn't matter what your skill level is or if you own a plane or not. As long as you share that passion for flying, that's all that matters. If yeah. you're, you know, hit or miss on aerobatics, who gives a shit? You like the plane that, you know, it looks cool. It goes upside down, whatever. It, so we don't, we don't have to qualify this flight with ADD. Why won't you talk about this flight with the edge? I, I can. It just, it, I don't know. There, there, there's nothing like special about it. All right. There's nothing special. About let's switch. Let's switch. Let's switch gears. Let, let's talk about this. Okay. Let's talk about your flight with Pablo. Okay. Who has a porn star name, by the way. <laughs> yes. Pablo Bob does have a porn star name. He, he, yeah. 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 What's <laughs> porn star name? What's that? Costello Bronco. So yeah, no, oh, it, was, yeah. it was, it was, it, it was an awesome flight. So for, come on, for, for, that name is such a poor name. Go. You know what? His nickname needs to be Bronco. <laughs> I would love to be called Bronco. That's, isn't that a Hell bad yeah. name? Like, hey, what's up, Bronco? Like nothing, man. Yeah. I don't know. I would prefer to go by Pablo. Not, Pablo's a great name. It is like pa- Pablo, Pablo Escobar. Like you, know, yeah. it's just, you got some notoriety. Pablo Castillo Bronco. <laughs> Bronco, like if somebody, if I called you Bronco, maybe Mark's nickname should be Bronco. I I think so. Yeah, uh, that that hey, would what's be up, Bronco. <laughs> Nothing much, man. I don't know why, but I I'll take it. I'll take it. I, I don't. I would take it. Uh, anyway, again, we're <laughs> off track. <laughs> no, uh, so it, it was it was a cool flight, yeah. and it, it was uh, so I I have this very unreasonable um un explainable passion well explain what you did no so we um explain what you guys were doing yeah no but the thing is it it wasn't anything crazy so we had to basically really quickly uh ferry um the red bull edge so mike gullian's edge back to plymouth so you know we wanted to have some fun we did a formation flight it was my first you know quote-unquote formation experience i i say quote-unquote because it was very loose formation more than anything but it was it was just a cool opportunity for you know me to have some just air to air fun with you know one of my absolute utter dream planes, which is the Edge. So that you know it was my first opportunity to fly with you know another fellow aerobatic pilot outside of Mike, which did all of my training with me, and I haven't flown aerobatics with anyone else. So it was it was just a fun you know day trip where we went to Plymouth from upstate New York. So we went from Orange County Airport to Plymouth Airport in uh, Massachusetts. From there, we came over here to uh, Brookhaven in Long Island. I got a chance to fly, you know, another plane that I, I wanted to buy. And, you know, then we uh, we went back to uh, Orange County. So it, it, it wasn't anything crazy. It, it, the only thing crazy about it was that I put a GoPro on the tail again and I didn't lose it. So I, I think that that's, oh God, that's at least one accomplishment. Congratulations. I, I know, I know. But the, the perspective and the vantage point, it, it made for some uh, awesome pictures. What did Pablo think of? Yeah, they look think, great. What did Bronco think of the uh, the midway when he was Oh, he, he he liked it. He and the thing, well, aside from the fact that it was drafty and it was a very cold day, <laughs> no, but he, um, you know, I, I gave him the controls. I wanted him to fly it a bit, and you know, it, it was all of the same stuff that we've heard before. You know, the midwing has great control harmony. Uh, the way that it's set up with the shovels, you know, the aileron and elevator input is very equal, so it just makes it a very easy to fly plane. Uh, you know, but other than that, I mean, it's it's an extra. You know, you, you have a proven history in excess of you know thirty years of you know planes that are consistent and you know all relatively fly the same with varying levels of performance. I wanted to actually touch on that from back when we were talking about flight training and and how extras have this like, you know, um, I've always said this extras you know you could get your license in a 200 you can get your license in a 300 too but like you could get your private pilot's license in an extra 200 easily i I mean without without question it's a great airplane um it's a great airplane yeah 
<laughs> yeah, it, it's a great airplane. Um, and you, you know, you could buy a 200, get your license in it, and you could go all the way through the lineage of extras all the way to unlimited competition and world stage competition. Like what other aircraft manufacturer can you say that about? Yeah. It, 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 but that, that goes back to our original conversation. That's, that's why, you know, I made the decision to buy the plane because it has that history. It has that ability. You know, I know that flying my midwing, I can jump into another extra and there's going to be that consistent feel. It's not going to be a huge departure. Yeah. Whereas, you know, other manufacturers... Even, even in between the hell. Yeah, no, yeah, 100%. And the cool thing yeah. is, you know, we have that going for us as extra owners. It's the same reason why people buy the SC because they have the consistency from airframe to airframe. Whereas, you know, the other boutique manufacturers, there's a departure from one airframe to another. You know, you can jump from one yeah. serial number to another and the plane can be drastically different. So it's great. And I mean, yeah. it's an awesome plane and, you know, I... I love everything about it. So, you know, Pablo got a chance to fly it for a bit and, you know, he enjoyed it. And it's at the end of the day, it's an extra, you know, it just happens that happens to be that mine is a little bit more modernized and cleaner than others. That's all. I don't know about that. Yeah. You know, you, you did a really good job on your plane. <laughs> yeah. You did a really good job on your plane. I like it. Yeah. It's cool. Are you going to add any like, yeah. to it? Um, so I, I will eventually, uh, right now the next steps are, I have the Grove gear coming, I'm going to upgrade the propeller uh, at some point in the next couple of months. Um, you going dash 25 or are you going to go claw? Uh, I'm I'm not sure. I'm still trying to figure that out and I'm trying to cultivate opinions from other people that, you know, I think he's going to go Sensenich. <laughs> oh, no, I'm going to go with a whirlwind. That's whirlwind. That, that. That's exactly. I was it. just going to say whirlwind. That's nice. Yeah. Actually, I like the whirlwind. Yeah, I, I mean, for, cool for for me, the thing is, I I want to continue evolving. You know, my plane, so that way it's a very stable, reliable machine. You know, so for me, that that's you know the discussion about whether or not it's going to be the MT or the Hartzell. You know, for me, I know that there's more consistency with Hartzell. I know that there are performance. Um, you know, questions related to the heart soul and, you know, people have their certain opinions about, you know, does it snap better? You know, is it a more consistent feel, you know, okay, it's a heavier prop, but you know, you have the other elements yeah. of it of, you know, the MTs do require more maintenance, you know, whereas the heart soul yeah. is basically a bulletproof prop. So I, I'm still trying to figure all of that out. And, you know, as time progresses, and MTs are harder to, to service. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're kind of a pain in the ass. Yeah, 100%, you know, so f for me, that's, those are going to be the next things. Eventually I'm going to add graphics to the plane, you know, as time progresses. And, you know, it, the thing is it's, it's a blank canvas. So as, as time goes by, you know, I'll add a little bit of color here and there, you know, I'll try to do this or that. And yeah. f for now, I think that the plane looks classy being all white with the, uh, oh, it's nice. you know, with the time, really timepiece graphics on the tail, you know, it just, it distinguishes it just enough. Yeah. So who? Yeah, no, you you did a good job on it. So with uh, you're pretty active on the Facebook group. Um, everybody knows it. I think everybody, for the most part, you don't have to get back into that topic. Appreciates no, no, nose massage. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Massage. What um, you know, who do you? Because I I go on that group and I see a lot of posts from Mark and you, and I look forward to it, and it's funny, and I get a kick out of it. Who do you like here on that group? Like, who do you like seeing from besides uh, Bronco? <laughs> um <yeah. laughs> no so but the thing is i like who else excites you on that oh that's that's a good question um so obviously it's our core or group. what excites you <laughs> i feel like this is going to turn into a very different conversation shortly <laughs> um <laughs> you know you have like the technical contributors so i i love seeing when you know 
I wouldn't call them like the hot shots, but you know, the truly notable pilots, you know, providing their feedback. So, you know, the Rob Hollins, the Patties, um, you have also the more technical people that just have great personalities yeah, I like, like Aaron. Aaron. Yeah. Aaron's um, great. Yep. Um, I like Eric. Yep. Yeah. Eric Sandifer, you know, I like I, him the best. I, he gives some really good feedback yeah, and, and he's funny too. Yeah. No, yeah. he's hilarious, but also I, good snack too. He was, I, uh, he got out of the sport as I was getting, um, into uh, into the sport. No, I thought he got out of it like 2018. I think mm. it was like 2018 oh, I it was when he got rid of its pits. Or maybe we just didn't link up a contest. Yeah. Maybe, but I saw him fly a couple times. And he's, he's oh great. yeah, no, he, he's a legit. If he came back. He's good sick. Um, yeah, but the, yeah, the cool the, thing is, I, I, I really think good. I think he tells a great story of it doesn't matter what you're flying as long as you fly it really well. Yeah, you know, so for a person, you know, he yeah. beat the shit out of a bunch of people he flying probably, his little pits. He seems like one of those guys that can get into anything. Like John Osmeyer mm-hmm. can get into any airplane, yeah, and, and crush it. Yeah, one hundred percent. And that's Sammy Mason the same way. Yeah, I don't exactly. know him, but yeah, like there's certain people that doesn't matter. They'll get yeah. into it and they'll fly to piss out of it. Uh, I think one of my favorite videos is Sammy um, hopping into an edge for the first time and flying at one of the contests for the challenger cup yeah yeah and you know first time flying it's like a one minute clip and literally his i'm pretty sure it was his first experience in the edge and just like destroying it like amazing flying right off the bat you know so you have those people that have the natural talent and it's cool to see them participate in a lot of these conversations some you know more than others some less but it's it's awesome i'd love to see more participation from those guys those types of guys and that that sub that this group kind of subset that you guys are talking about where they're not real famous but they're really really freaking good if you're, if you're um, although sammy bit, sammy's pretty well known, but like yeah if like you're a little bit involved in there about a competition or affiliated with the ic <clears> and did a little bit of like youtube search and maybe you'll you know these guys yeah and, and that's like yeah and oh I, for sure you know i can't make them post more but i enjoy when they do post uh videos especially, i do too you know, yeah and the thing is you know shout out there yeah like we have the foundation for that where you know if we post the right things or you know we try to incite a certain conversation you know then these people come out the woodwork and you know they have some really awesome contributions and it's it's absolutely great yeah yeah i i i, I tell you what i overall I enjoy the group. Obviously, I I try to if I see a link, if I see something, I try to send it in there because I just I try to you know, like oh this is a cool video, oh, this is a cool picture or whatever, um, you know it's a it's a good group. It's and it's fun and it's you know I tell you what as far as um you know as, as, there's some shit talking now and again and and like the memes I'm not including the memes in there but like um every now and again somebody will get some feelings hurt but by by and large like it's it's pretty it's a pretty fun time. You know, it's a, like you can go to that group and it's it's either funny or informative or interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's a good thing. <clears throat> and it goes back to our original conversation. You know, everything keeps pivoting back to it. You know, if we have that perfect social environment, you know, where we have the foundation to allow people to just communicate with one another, you know, share their opinions, their feelings, you know, how, uh, you know, their experiences, you know, all of those things are going to be instrumental to us continuing to i won't even say grow aerobatics more active yeah but just you know have consistency instead of having atrophy you know have consistency keep people in the group or for at least the people that are departing because you know for whatever reason they're no longer interested in aerobatics let's at least you know make sure that we're not in a deficit but we're at least consistently keeping you know the same level of participation if not you know trying to continue to grow more yeah yeah, do you yeah. And, and and just making it modern, you know, just modernizing the approach, you know, whatever that means. Um, 
going forward because it almost yeah there's that you know everybody's talking about it and and shit jeff and i it's come up every single podcast we've done in some way shape or form i have is the iac and what activity on the page from different people like um that guy Marco posted which was cool i never i don't know him but he's i messed with him i'm glad he started posting cool guy yeah flies really well obviously from if you watch any yeah but um no what i was going to ask you know talking about getting back into competition I didn't want to interrupt your little bromance conversation you guys were having there. Um, <laughs> so, Mark, you're obviously going to fly competition next year or a year after. Macha, same with you. Yeah. Do you feel? No. The, yeah. 2021 is the plan. Is do you, do you feel like a little bit of a target on your back now? Oh, 100. percent Yeah. Yeah. Like, because <laughs> I watch some of the stuff, and some of the people are like, they're just like <clears throat> licking their chomps at, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kick his ass competition. And yeah, but when, so the the thing is, like, for me, this is. Uh, this is an outlet for me to have fun. You know, yeah. it's a true passion. I don't think that you would take it. Ser- I don't, no, not ser- I, not ser- I don't think you would get butt hurt if you didn't win. No, I, anyways, I don't. I like, don't really care. I do feel like there's some people out there. Oh, one hundred percent. Oh, if those fuckers show up to a contest. Oh, <laughs> like, listen. But right, you, here's the thing, though. You know, it's like am I right? You know, here's well, here's here's going back to like you know posting. You know, if we do this virtual thing and posting videos. I know what looks good or not. I may not be able to do what looks good or not, but I know what looks good or not. I can, I know shitty flying. Yeah. Okay. I think I'm, we, I think do it we every can day. all agree when we, <laughs> I do it every day. I watch my, I watch my fucking GoPro videos. Okay. I know shitty flying when I see it. Yeah. Um, no, you know, I, I know when I fly well, really added pressure. Well, I, so I, it's going to be a semi no, no, long winded okay, so answer. Okay. The short answer is no. Okay. Oh, so you're like fearless. I, 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 <laughs> no, it's not. It's not that. It's that I. This is why I haven't competed. I don't give a fuck. I really don't give a fuck. I. I truly, in my heart, I don't care. Okay, I. Yeah. I'm competitive in some ways. I'm not competitive in other ways. Yeah. I don't I mean, care about the rat race of competing in IAC. Well, okay, but so okay, so Mark Mark has more of an anti-establishment perspective, but <laughs> no, like, yeah, but if I play the game, yeah, but yeah, care, yeah. So for me, it's about you know if I'm having fun flying, you know if I'm becoming a better pilot, that's a part of the process, and obviously there are politics involved, and you know memes are not, you know there are certain rivalries, there are certain. <laughs> <laughs> you know r- relationships that have become you know somewhat hostile or i'm gonna make sure that i go to matcha's first contest i'm not gonna fly i'm just gonna report and follow him around videoing and just give me like hour updates you know but so like the thing is for, for, i might have to be security because like yeah. adrian will show up and try to kill him yeah someone's gonna hop out of the bushes with like a knife <laughs> no but like for me listen i I know what I'm doing is incendiary to a degree and I know it's, it ruffles feathers and you know, it, you're, yeah, exactly. But you know, for me, okay. If, if you score me like shit, well, guess what? I was, I, I was probably flying like shit before your score. So it's not really going to influence my opinion, but the people who are having fun. Yeah, exactly. You know, for me, when I originally started, I, I was apprehensive and I wanted to, you know, make sure that by the time I actually go to my first contest that, you know, I'm going to be a very proficient pilot and, you know, I, I want to make a good impact, but, uh, I realized that Goddamn China virus. Yeah, exactly. That. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but it, in reality for me, it's, you know, I just want to make sure that I'm, I'm enjoying myself and, you know, I'm learning and it's more of a lifelong process of becoming a good pilot. You know, you see, you see all of these people that are just epic pilots and they don't really give a shit about what the score is. You know, they just want to make sure that they're doing well and they're continuing to progress and, you know, they're becoming masters of, you know, what they're passionate about. That's, that's the goal for me. 
Well, and I'll tell you, like, so the reason why I say I don't care um, is not so much that like, I'm like, I'm just going to come in there as a rogue and, and sweep. I'll probably get, I'll, I'm sure I would get my ass kicked. I don't, I don't, that I don't care about, but I also don't care. I don't want to play the game. And what I mean by that is you guys, I'm sure know people like this, you know, they'll talk about competitions. I'll be like, well, I don't want to go up there because I know who the judges are. And that judge doesn't like me. I don't fucking care about that stuff. I don't care about that stuff at all. Most people are, most people are like, I wouldn't say as hardcore as you, (laughs) but for the most part, people are, I would say 80% are pretty low key. Right. But there are some people that like, I got rubbed the wrong way one time. I was at a contest. Wait, what? (laughs) wrong way i mean let's be real here yeah. <laughs> so yeah i was at a contest whatever year and whatever person did it, it I, honestly i it's just funny to talk about it. trust me i don't lose sleep but and i get the rules are rules but i could, this kind of set it into my head of why some people leave so i was i yet to submit a freestyle to whatever and um has to be signed off and they check it to make sure it's got the right K and right figures and no repetitions, blah, you know, all this stuff. And I was flying and I was in a 200 and um, it was in advance and I was winning, which is, it was like, it, it was a big, it was like five or six people there for, and that's a lot for a regional contest where we come from. And it was a big deal for me. It was my first contest and I was doing well. And then all of a sudden somebody's like, oh, you got like, I forget how many points penalty. It was like a couple hundred point penalty. I'm like, I didn't zero. Like, they're like, I don't know, you dropped. And it turns out that I submitted my freestyle. It was signed off. The K was right. It was a legal sequence, but it was on, it wasn't an I, it didn't have the IAC letterhead. It had like regular, I don't know. It was like one of these stupid things where the logo wasn't there. It was something like really stupid. And it that to me is just petty. It's pe- yeah, and I get it. I'm not competing until 2022 now, just because of this. Yeah, I'm I'm taking another year off. Fuck, I hate that so, shit. Yeah, dude. if you're at a world competition, you should. Yeah, I get it. I get it. You, you want to do that? Oh, we're at a fucking regional competition. Just come talk to me and be like, hey man, like I, this is like in the rule book. It's but I'm not going to do it, obviously. But like you know, you might run into an asshole who's going to do that to you, so you might want to change the next next contest. Like that's cool. Like come to me and talk to me. That stuff happens. I hate that. Yeah, I ended up and and I ended up winning that contest. But if I didn't win and I lost because of that fucking bullshit, I it has nothing to do with your flying. Right, zero to do with your flying. And that's that's so. In, maybe California is unique in that way, or at least the West Coast, because I hear talks of which competitions to go where, or I'm sorry, which contest to go. Uh, you know, which contest they're going to do or there's a concern because of judging. And then also, you know, I had a friend, I won't name names, he or she, um, you know, showed up to a competition. I think it was in Tucson, um, and couldn't do the first day of practice. And, you know, a couple of people like got up in arms that he or she didn't arrive on time. Yeah. Even though he or she was like, Hey, I'm, I don't, you know, I don't need the practice day or whatever. Like I signed up. That I want, I want to, cause that is, honestly, it's, that's, I would say that that is a big part of turning people off of this shit because the crap got it got expensive as crap to do this stuff like over the last ten years gas prices whatever you want to call it right and then you show up you're able to buy time off of work or whatever you know so most people don't own their own business 
So they're taking vacation time. Most of them have family. So now you're taking vacation and family time. And then you show up to a contest a little bit late and you got to pay a fucking $50 fine. Like, get the fuck out of here. And and people are like, there's there's people that are chomping at the bit. Like, what competitor is like, hey, that's not fair. Let him pay his $50. I got here on time. Like, fuck you, man. Like, I get it. It worked out for you. But like, this is not what people do for a living, you know? And nobody no. Knows. And like, it happened. The guy, and it happened. the shit. Yep. You know, it's I, yeah. Whoever flies the best wins. I've seen it. Maybe even at Worlds, like the top 10 belonged in the top 10. There's some little, I wouldn't even call it like political. Really, there was one thing that maybe was a little bit, but for the most part, when I was there, because that was a big decision maker for me, I was going to go there and see if I wanted to do follow world competition and, and keep progressing. And I heard the horror stories about uh, international being political. And it really wasn't. It really wasn't. And the people that flew good deserved to be there. There's no doubt at the top 10. You know, who knows what happened with the bottom threshold. But, you know, yeah. at regionals, you know, it, it, this this should not be this, you know, you know, if you're late for a briefing and you got to pay and the guy's got to give you a separate brief, I can, I can, I'll buy into that. Like, yeah, I'll you pay 20 bucks, 50 bucks, whatever. You should be there on time. Yeah, but don't, don't prohibit them from the competition. Correct. Work with them to try and make it work you know Honestly, and that's like if somebody didn't pay the 50 dollars fine what's who's gonna say anything like are you that's complain? the thing i'm not gonna complain like give me a break can you imagine me it? going to the chief judge and be like hey um joe x whatever uh was late and he didn't pay his 50 dollars. this is bullshit like fuck, what like yeah like how does that affect you like who cares you know and that's that kind of stuff um on your you know it Focus all goes back to like What's that? No, I'm just saying if that guy, like focus on your flying, focus on what you got to do. Yeah. Next. Don't worry about everybody else. And that's, and that's kind of why I'm like, I, I just, all these things is just like why I just, I just don't care. I love aerobatics so much. I, I eat, sleep and breathe it. I think about it all the time. I think about it in my, I have dreams about it. I love but it. Honestly, love this world. You get a, you get a click of people, you get like three or four people and they're like-minded and all that stuff. It's not that you ignore it. It's just you don't you don't put yourself near it, and and it's a lot of fun. Yeah. But it takes a couple like it took me a couple of years to to get um, you know uh, close with people or friendly with people. You know. Yeah, I feel like I have a lot of friends, and like I could go to a competition here, and like <laughs> there'd be people I know that have friends. But I, um, you know, I think what puts the bigger target on my back is the fact that I've been flying aerobatics so long, and I teach it. Yeah. But it's not competition, and so. You know, I think that would be more, and that's not what has, it's not what has prevented me from competing. Um, it's just more of like, I feel like that is more of an issue or a potential issue is like, well, how have you been doing this for 10 years and you're flying like this? And it's like, well, I just don't fly competition. And so I got to change, you know, I got to kind of do a mental shift a little bit and, yeah, and compete. And I, I don't know, I, I do want to, I just, again, like what, what gets me out of bed isn't the idea of like, flying to Borrego or Apple Valley or, or Delano and, and competing. I just don't, I really don't care. And it's not even a goal I want to check off. It's something that I feel I have to do. It's not even really something I want to do, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, it depends who's there for you. It seems like if you have a, uh, if you have some friends that you can, that you get along great with and you, you know, obviously 
you're not going to be joking around while you're flying. Let's just establish that for people listening. Like we get it. Everybody takes flying very seriously when they're in the cockpit. But, you know, if you can have a good time when you're outside the airplane and you go to a cool restaurant at night and, you know, you can joke around with who messed up whatever figure and talk aerobatics and be around aerobatic planes. It's a great, you know, two, three days to hang out. There's no doubt. Would I do it once a month? No, I wouldn't. Um, But I would do, you know, I do it two or three times a year. And I've been going to nationals uh, for a few years now and I enjoy it. So there's a balance is what, what I'm getting at. And yeah. you got to just get a click is, you know, a click of people. Yeah. Like we rented a house, yeah, and hopefully, a bunch of buddies and I back in uh, when it was in Oshkosh. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. See like that stuff like that is super cool. You know, I, I love stuff like that. And I, I think that's, you know, where there's maybe some of it missing is, is that is missing it's not guaranteed that you're going to feel that, yeah. you know, in a competition or, you know, in a given setting. So it's like, yeah. Um, it's shifting that way. I think people, I don't know are, people are that. shifting that way. Um, you know, you could talk about how the good old days and this and that, but it doesn't really help. And there's a lot of no. up and comers. There's a lot of people that are really cool that just nobody really knows a lot about them that, you know, I got to know and they're a lot of fun to hang out with. So the only way you're going to do that is if you show up and, you know, yep. There's no replacement for just showing up and shaking hands. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I went. I used to go to competitions before I had an airplane. I just hang out and and I never really, you know, hung out, hung out with them because I was younger or um, what you call it. You know, I just I don't know. I just never did because I go there for the day or whatever and just watch. But it's still a lot of fun. Yeah, it'd be nice if there was a local competition uh, or a local contest here. I mean that we have a local chapter, but like we don't have a contest, yeah. which kind of sucks. Like our contest is Delano well, now, or Kalinga, well, which is our flight. Now with COVID everything's fucked, you know, everything's virtual. So we should capitalize yeah. on it. People yeah. got time. I mean, I'm sure. I love that idea, man. I, I really love that idea. Like you, and you can judge, Shit, man. you can join. You're yeah. In. You don't have a choice. At this point. I, would, I know I would. Could, I will not fly cool shit. Dude, I, 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 I would, I, I'm a hundred percent in, I'm a hundred percent in. Cause guess what the barrier to entry is? It's a GoPro cards with like your, your averages on the back. <laughs> it will give like height, weight and, and hair color, you know, like Mark Polar, two helmet owner. Five, <laughs> five, six, two, Mark Polar, six, six, two fifty. <laughs> oh my God. There's, there's so much opportunity for this. We should just start small and like, and then if it grows legs, like we'll just keep going with it. But we'll not. Dude, I can think. I can think of like ten people right now. I mean, and none. Nobody's gonna be. Nobody who's a world class pilot will probably do it. Like, watch Rob. Holland. They should. <laughs> but here's my. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna go against the grain. I think he will do yeah, it, and that'd be great. I think. Imagine Bob, if like Gulian. Yeah, Rex but fuck that. We need all those guys in there. We oh. we need to give them a handicap. Like they have to do it in a pits, and not in a pits, in like a cub. No, because it's there's no scoring. I have it's, it's it's presentation and yeah. just people watching it. So you can get a guy. Rob was going to fly Great Lakes. Uh, he was going to fly fly Great Lakes at a uh, um, Borrego. No, let him fly. His MX. I don't think. He, no, no, fuck that. Have him do like a clip wing cub. No, fuck that. <laughs> let him fly his MX so that this way somebody like Marco, I don't know how to pronounce your last name, Bo, Bo, who flies that laser. Let him, let him like essentially win because he gets the most votes and beat Resto and beat Rob Holland. <laughs> and that's like, and Rob is super cool. again. Rob would roll with it. He doesn't give a shit. Rob is really no. Cool. He would. He would be. I think he would do it. And, um, you know, this is all about not taking it ourselves too seriously. Right. So 
Yeah. Um, just this is all for it's fun. And we could make it. We could even make stupid trophies for it. Like fuck, I'll send you a little plaque, like whatever. No, I'll send you a belt. You know, send you a title belt, man. Yeah. Let's do this. I, I'm. I'm. So you could do this at any time. You know, it doesn't. You don't have to. If you uh, want to be in the league, you we're gonna start picking people that are active. So if you want to be in this league of extraordinary sucky pilots, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Then post some shit. Like Dave Prather, he's in. Marco yeah. Bow. I'm you're in. Hundred percent in. I'm hundred percent in. Pollard, maybe. <laughs> I don't know if I'm sucky enough. I'm pretty fucking good. So <laughs> I'm basically the best. I'm the songbird of my generation. Basically the best I've ever seen. Yeah, at least. I mean, you were twenty. You uh, were twenty twenty one world champion. You didn't know that world champion in twenty. Yeah, yeah. I'm on the twenty. Uh, I'm on the on the twenty twenty one or the twenty twenty unlimited team. Oh my god! I just, I just. It's so funny you're talking about how you're on the unlimited team. And I just scrolled onto the picture and aerobatic pilots of the yak that crashed into the building. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was so unacro related, but I had to. Sorry. Nanjing. Yeah. Nanjing. Oh my God. I wish they would have like, yeah. a celebrity death match with Nanjing and yak pilots. <laughs> it's so annoying. It's, it's more annoying to group with them. Did the Chinese rip off like, the yak? It was built under license. But they made some changes to it. So like it, I mean, CJ six got the cooler gear. It, it, it folds way better and it's flush. Um, That's what you have to say about it. The gear. Dude, look at a picture of each like stupid yak 52 gear goes like behind itself. Like it's so dumb. They made that because if it ever, if the person ever forgot to put the gear down, I think it didn't damage the airplane. I think that was the purpose of it. Yeah. literally i think the manual says you could because the the stock prop was wood it would just chew the prop up you just throw another prop on and uh jack it up and put the gear down fix it and go did you see that uh that wedge i put on the sukway aileron brilliant right yeah. <laughs> takes like 200 pounds of pressure to get out <laughs> so funny oh uh, yeah i love it so i love it what else we got here not much i think we covered i mean matcha Matches in witness protection from Adrian. We've established that he's an uh, he's at an un- yeah. undisclosed location in New Jersey, um, at Orange County Airport. What's he hanging up there? What's your GPS that long right now? Um, yeah, I think. Uh, are you going to continue with the memes, Match? Of course, you are. Do of you course. have a special one that you're ready, like after this podcast? Is it's it's been a long time. We've been planning this podcast for a while. It's been a couple of weeks. Fuck off. <laughs> the, the, it's been it's been months. I feel like tonight. Like I feel like I just hit the lottery. I'm gonna go home and it's and awesome. Just drink a- no, it's awesome to finally get you on and talk about midwing stuff and just shoot the shit, man. Oh, midwings, you guys are just ah, oh, fucking love it. It's the best airplane ever made. Do you guys just do you guys call each other and just be like, "How's your midwing?" Oh, my midwing. How's yours? Oh, it's I love it. Are you right. tapping our phones? Yeah. <laughs> 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 hey, just wanted to check in and make sure your airplane's still the best. Yeah. Yep, it is. Yep. Cool. Yep. <laughs> Those low wing drivers suck. Yeah. <laughs> Damn low wing drivers. No, it's cool, man. We're just, you know what? We're just some extra owners, man. Just fucking chilling. Yeah. Haters gonna hate me because yeah. you hate me. <laughs> yeah. Haters gonna hate. Haters gonna hate. Haters gonna oh, hate. Man. I hope that I hope that some of the other manufacturer owners salesmen are listening to this and we get some good feedback oh god they're either gonna love it or hate it I'll tell you that 
I really so uh, on that note, um, Eric did say that Walter wants to come on uh, to I do an interview. So that'd be really Are you fun. Serious? Yeah, you might have to. Yeah, I mean, fuck, man, you're furloughed, so bring your ass out here. And, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and re- and record it here. Well, actually, it doesn't really. We're on a microphone, so. Yeah, but then we can have like the, the webcam up and everything. And get our mannerisms. Yeah, that's true. That's we, we can still do the webcam. I could, I could. The fact that Mark has a booster seat. Yeah. What's your? Yeah. Do you need exactly. a special chair? I'll get you. Get you a special chair. Yeah. You give me a special chair, I'll think about coming out. <laughs> you you're gonna wear your helmet? Man, matcha is brutal on you. <laughs> you guys are midwing lovers too. This is terrible. <laughs> it's the it's a lover's quarrel. He's jealous because my airplane's paint is nicer. Uh, you know what? I am. I am. I guess I'm gonna have to ground loop mine to get it repainted. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> oh. the daggers! Savage, he's complete savage right here. <laughs> the entire airplane. Now, mind you, Matcha has to leave here and fly back to Orange County and make it there safe. So if he ground loops his, there's gonna be a lot of pressure on that landing. <laughs> That's a, let's hope that old tired stock gear doesn't snap before that shiny new Grove gear comes. Just, as a precaution, he's going to take out the wheel pads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, man. Well, Macho, what do you think? Did All you right, get a good podcast? Or oh, I, I, absolutely. I, I can't wait to do it again. I can't wait. Dude, we'll have you on anytime. Anytime. My door's open. As you yeah. Can see, many people come and go <laughs> through my anger. <laughs> Aerobatic greatness walks the halls, dude. Yeah. It's uh, it's pretty exciting. Yeah, it's uh, kind of a big deal. What are we gonna? We should we should really um, we should do a podcast solely on locking down this virtual competition gonna, thing. After we get off this podcast, we're gonna we're gonna I uh, will just start messaging the group. Yeah, and uh, we have to yeah. start game planning. We'll game plan it because I'll participate. I don't care. I will. I, I'm dead serious. It's a good idea. So it's a good it's a good idea. Right there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> The thing is, is I think you'll see like, like depending on like the format, like, you know, obviously it's fun to see people fuck up and you're, you're going to see a, like, you know, like an uncut. What's that? We just have to keep it simple. Like, yeah, keep it simple. And then, you know, no stitching together. Like just keep it uncut. Yeah. Just fly the sequence. And if you fuck up, you fuck up, yeah. you know, do it live. Um, yeah. Nobody's obviously like, do it live. <laughs> everybody, everybody's gonna, I don't care what you say. There's going to, unless you're like proud of zeroing, which I very might do. Um, just to get the Bozo Award, baby. Hashtag IRC23, yeah. please. <laughs> um, but I mean, we can make who flew the best, who flew the shittiest. That, that's an over under. So you'll have people going for the under the whole yeah. time. <laughs> no, 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 no. Get How'd you fuck? We can get real. Get just get real weird. Like, do, you can make a ton of criteria who flew the best, who flew the worst, who was wearing the shittiest outfit, who was wearing the best outfit. Yeah, you know, why is Mark was flying during pants? The- yeah. I'll go naked. I don't need yeah. my birthday suit. Fuck a flight suit. <laughs> yeah, let's do this. It's going to be called. I messaged it to you already. What what I call it? Virtual aerobatic competition organization yeah, thing. Like let's a see. Stupid club. We got to think of a better name. Wow, look at that. Jeff is already failing. VACL. Vacle. Vacle. Virtual aerobatic competition league. We'll sounds the, sounds like an STD. Yeah, let's call it the vasectomy league. <laughs> Vasectomy League. Yeah, yeah, we'll think of something. I like it. I think it's a good idea, man. I think it's a good idea. And honestly, it's going to be shit like this that blows up. If we, the only key to making this work 
is we need a couple of big names to do it. That's the only, that's the key to this whole thing. You need it. Probably sure. You need some, I, I, you need at least two or th- I think you need three or four, but Patty will do it. All right. The more, the better, but you got to get, we can get Patty. and the sequence, it's going to be a sportsman in between sportsman and intermediate type sequences. So we can encompass everybody. So nobody's left out, you know, no snaps. And um, the sequence gets put out to them a week before. So it's almost like a half ass yeah. unknown. And that's it. That's it. I like it. We'll do a live. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, I, I, I really like this. Idea. I'm telling you. <laughs> All right, cool, man. Well, this is a good. The sun is setting down. Watch is going to get some night current time. It is extra as he heads back to Dirty Jersey. <laughs> Oh, it is, huh? Fuck, dude. It's like 3.30 there, almost 4 o'clock. Yeah. yeah. Some guy booked a flight with me at 4 p.m. the other day. Uh, and the day before I'm looking up, it's like 4.15. I'm like, no fucking way. I what, 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 what was I thinking? We, we know of an extra pilot that was flying uh, aerobatics under the Bravo at sunset. I vaguely recall a video. Uh, mm. <sighs> yes, it oh, was. In, in, in the Bravo in uh, San Francisco. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. yeah. Over... <laughs> Over densely populated area too. Bronco. <laughs> <laughs> that should just be the name of his mirror. Like when somebody zeroes, they Bronco. Yeah. <laughs> Bronco. I, like I don't it. know why I like that name. So, so you get because it's awesome. It is such a cool nick. Do you want to? Do you? Are we establishing that? Because you need a nickname. I'm so everybody's always called me Marky Fresh before. I guess you can change it. But what do you mean everybody? You like two it, people you want that name. <laughs> If you want that so, name, I'll 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 keep calling you Marky Fresh, and you'll continue to live live a shitty life. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't care. So I'm not a big nickname. I hate call signs, even being former Bronco military. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got it, Bronco. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe his name, so it's cool. But like, um, yeah, I'm not a big like. Oh, give me a call sign type. You know, we'll think of something. We gotta call him Booster Steve. But what's your what's your middle name? Booster Steve. Michael. M M P. M P. M P. Maybe somebody can submit something for all of our like total of five listeners oh, that fun. we've had so far, <laughs> or people that actually comment. Yeah. So Dave Prather and Luke, who and who else listens that we know that listens? Hundred percent. You know, there's a bunch of listeners. Um, so. If you guys want to give out somebody, you could be anything you want. Even you can cuss; it doesn't matter. <laughs> For Mark, well, and then it's, that's what we'll call him. <laughs> it's gonna be like Unicorn Man, <laughs> Mark the Unicorn. Puller. I like it. I like it. All right, cool, man. We gotta run. Let's wrap this bitch up. Episode ten, guys. Thank that. you so much, Massage, for coming on. That's your nickname. Massage, do you want to uh, plug anything? No, no. I'm, I'm you want good. to plug anything? No, no. Not even like the Gen, not even the Gen Pro. No, okay, maybe the Gen Pro. What's their website? <laughs> Hold on, let me see. GenPro.com. Right? Shout out Gen, to Gen Aviation. Gen Aviation. G-E-N Aviation. How, how do you spell aviation? Oh, all these, I think there's a Q in there. I'm on Matcha's computer. All these porn names are coming up. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm on my computer. <laughs> I'm a very bad sales representative. Gen Pro Aviation. Let's see. No, they got 
I hope I honestly like we rip on that. Oh no, it's Genovation dot H U. G E N E V A T I O N dot H U. They probably got an English. Button that there. is the English version. But yeah, check them out. I like their airplane. I think it's. I think it probably flies well. It needs to be. Uh, I mean, it's not. A, it's it's not a mid wing, but I guess it'll do. Yeah, it'll never be a mid wing. Thank God. <laughs> but um, yeah. I think it's a cool plane. I wish them the best of luck. I hope uh, Adrian gets back at Macho with some more inappropriate memes we'll yeah but if you, if you don't see memes for like more than a week then you know i'm probably like in the ocean yeah send out a rescue team yeah. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to adrian too man it's all in good fun yeah, hopefully him, you know Very cool dude not take care and he's got seriously. and he flies an extra 200 so what's that i love you man yeah love that too. yeah he's in the club he's in the 200 and it's got the best tail uh registration geek yeah that's a yeah. cool one geek yeah man awesome 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 yeah. All right. All right, guys. See y'all later. Episode 10, man. We're dude. We just wrap we just wrap this bitch up. Episode 10. Thanks, Massage. Thank you, Petro. <laughs> Thank you, Marky. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of Fly Cool Shit. Be sure to check out our website at www.flycoolshit.com. Subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes and Spotify. Any questions, comments, or feedback, shoot us an email at flycoolshit at gmail.com. 